This is the Movie Hall of Fame class of 1972 for some day in July. I'm Nico. That's Adam. We're your hosts. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're around. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry I didn't recognize your haircut, by the way. I forgive you. I'm very sorry. That being said, it's very hard to tell. I mean, what did you actually do? I didn't I didn't notice. I cut my hair. Yeah, but I didn't notice a goddamn thing. <laughs> At least when I get a haircut, it's like, oh, you, you cut off half your head. That's you know nice. what? You're, you're two inches shorter. You know what? That's the way I like it. That's the way I do not mean to call attention to myself with my haircuts. Minimal like a woman? Uh, No, no, I disagree. When a woman gets her hair done, like it's a... That's not true. A press release is sent out (laughs) to her girlfriends, but there's a reason why a common cliche with husbands is that they never notice their wives' haircut. And you know why that is? Why? Because men don't care. <laughs> no. It's not because women don't want men to notice. Women would love for men to notice. Okay, yeah, but if you have a pair of eyes, you're just going to notice. this is a podcast where two guys talk about what women like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> two, two men who have less than no knowledge about what women want. There, are, there has never been a brain trust that yes. knows less about women than us two. Yeah. Never. I'm just saying, like, if you have a pair of eyes, you're going to notice a haircut. I have noticed haircuts in the past. We didn't notice mine. I didn't because it was a minimalist because you do everything minimalist. I like to be inconspicuous. I, you know what? I let my personality do the talking. Oh, that's, I don't like my appearance. Well, there's much. your problem. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been doing a lot of talking lately. Okay. I'd say too much. Talking. It's been doing a lot of talking for 24 years. I, I'd, I'd say getting in the way is more accurate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tomato, tomato, I guess. Yeah, I see. That's why I don't like dress fancy. I don't, you know what I mean. I'm yeah. not a big fashion guy. I don't care about what car I drive. I don't need to call any attention to myself. Enough tension has been put on me already. I definitely don't care about what car I drive, and I think the notion that you should care about what car you drive is fucking stupid. Yes. There's, yeah. It's such it's a, the least masculine thing about me that I don't care about cars. But it's like the most ego driven thing I think imaginable. When I hear yes. about people who say. I define myself by my car. Right. Oh, it makes me sick. When they give like their car a name, they call it her. Makes me sick. <laughs> they gender their car. God damn it. <laughs> I know a lot of people who do that. I Yeah, I know too many of them. Yeah. yeah. I try to get rid of them when I can. I don't mind when women do it, but when men do it, it's just like you're... you're Wait, why don't you care when women jerking. do it? They don't... Re- well, women... It, it depends. If a woman just names her car, that's okay. I mean, a, a lot of people I know name their cars, but if... I were to come really? across, yeah, actually, okay. But if I were to come across like a, a woman who was like a grease monkey, that would be a little strange. Okay, got it. Be like, what? But it, wait, wait a minute. Is it the grease monkey part, or is it the fact that they use their car to say something about their personality? That might be. Yeah, that would actually bother me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not interest in cars. Like, I'm cool. Like, if you, you know, you know, maybe a grease monkey would actually be kind of interesting. Like, oh, you work on cars for a living, right? That, that might be cool. No, I think it's yeah. What you just said when it's like uh, they they use their car to define themselves. That might right. be a little odd. No, yeah. I am bothered by like you know people that use fashion or people that use like their material belongings in order to convey something. You know, as if that means anything. Like, if you tell me I like. You know that that I drive a a Nissan Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell me anything about you. <laughs> like I'm sure it says something about someone. Yeah. If like if you speak that language, but I, I I'm I'm not fluent in that language, as it were. No, I mean who? Ca- I'm not fluent in cars either. But what kind of car do you drive? I drive a Hyundai Elantra. Okay. So I, I but the, I mean maybe it's a pussy car maybe it is I I, don't, I wouldn't know I don't give a shit I'm not driving a fucking Prius There's a difference 
<laughs> no, the the. <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our Prius driver listeners. I'm no, sure I'm, I, I'm glad that you respect the planet. Someone needs to. <laughs> Someone needs to. No one cares about the planet anymore. This is an odd conversation to begin the program today. I, I, just, I, I just also <laughs> wanted to say... <laughs> Car people need to tell you about their cars, too. Like, I have many, like, material possessions that I feel like say a lot about me, but I don't tell you about them. I'm embarrassed about them, usually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if you're like, hey, I own four copies of Mad Max Fury Road on Blu-ray. Uh, I do. Not on Blu-ray, <laughs> but I do own four copies of Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> like, I would recommend you don't tell anyone that on the first no, date. No, you know what I'm saying? No, exactly. I am humiliated by my material possessions. Yes. I have right next to me a cinephile card game. I ain't, I ain't bringing this around to the ladies mm-hmm. on the third date when we're Netflix and chilling. Nico has a Jin Urso action figure underneath his desk over here that That's he hasn't true. opened yet. He's just saving it for when it becomes valuable. Keeping it in the box, baby. <laughs> Wait until that, that $10 Target action figure is an antique rogue one stock is just going up yeah baby. i'm gonna bring it to the antiques road show in 30 years <laughs> Bring it's thirty thousand dollars <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> i'm a fan of rogue one now anyway uh <laughs> no but that's what i'm saying is that like the people who drive cars are like like so proud about their cars they have to define their lives by it they have to tell you all about it it's like their bible it's right it's really weird yeah why can't other people be as ashamed about themselves as we are (laughs) you know like i've had to do it for 24 years i've had to hide in lockers you know as school bullies are gonna pick on me for my you know my love of of the godfather franchise were you ever put in a locker no i was Actually, you know what? That's not true. I was. <laughs> I, I, I was by friends, not by a yeah, bully. Yeah, I was going to say, I was put in by a good friend of mine. Yeah, I was never shoved in by like, you know, like yeah. Butch. No, no. Whose no. who's, who's father was an alcoholic and gave him yeah. cigarettes on yeah, the playground. Yeah. Biff wasn't like <laughs> knocking your head saying, hello, Nico. Hello, anybody there? Think. Make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> good shit. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Movies? I think no, we weren't talking about movies. This is a movie about, podcast. We weren't talking about movies once this entire time. How are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm. I'm sipping my my soda as per usual. Yeah, losing a couple years off my life every time I do it. Yeah, maybe a couple minutes. Mm. Um, I, speaking of fashion, we're wearing the same outfit. We are. We're wearing almost identical outfits. He's we got our blue shirts on. Sky blue. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got gray shorts on. My mine are a little lighter. Well, I have a lighter shirt, I think, and darker shorts, and you're the reverse. Yeah. But, yeah, if you saw us, it would look like we're a gay couple coordinating. It's pretty terrible, actually. I'm very ashamed. I know. Just, hey. you know, going back to I, I would rather walk around naked with you than, than with <laughs> these matching outfits. Oh, look how they coordinated. <laughs> couple goals. I mean, is, is that part of the, the, the agreement now when we come over, we have to wear different shit? Yeah, I, I actually recommend that you send me a picture of whatever outfit you're wearing in the morning from here on out. I want to send you pictures of my outfit. Just, just give me a, a mirror photo in the bathroom. I'll, I'll take you, I'll give you a picture of my, my, my closet and be like, pick it out. Okay. What, what do you Pick out my outfit. Can do. Mm. I would actually prefer if you did that with me. Is that a Michael Myers mask? Wear the Michael Myers mask. There you go. <laughs> Again, possessions that you should <laughs> keep away from people. Yes, I own a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> And no one listening does not believe you. <laughs> Class of 1972. We're talking 1972. Mm-hmm. 
on this podcast. Five movies nominated for induction into the Movie Hall of Fame. They are Deliverance, What's Up Doc, The Candidate, Cabaret, and The Godfather. Nice. One of them is getting inducted. It is the most obvious decision of all time. Yeah. But still, I think we're going to have a grand old time talking about these movies. Yeah. So let's go Candidate. Yeah, baby. Go Candidate. Redford finally getting his due. Yeah, we know you're making it in today. It's about time, Robert Redford. We love you, Robert Redford. Um, Man, I'm not looking forward to that conversation. (laughs) I know exactly where this is going. Um, Highest grossing movie of 1972. Deliverance. The Godfather. I know. $86 $86 million. Yeah. Pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. That movie was like a box office smash. And the second one was not. Yeah, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you see the first one and you're like, eh, I think I'm good. Well, because the second one is an R-rated film that's over three hours long. No one wants to. And watch. this one is an R-rated film that's almost three hours long. Yeah, but it's the first in the series and it blew everyone's fucking minds. Right. So how are you like, you know what? I'm good with that. I don't need any more Corleone in my life. I think for exactly those reasons. It's a super fucking long movie. It's like, okay, it was really, really great. We understand, but God, we got jobs, people. We can't, I can't go to... Avengers <laughs> Endgame was 245. <laughs> but that's Avengers. What's the fucking difference? <laughs> that has the entire planet behind it. <laughs> How do you watch Infinity War and it's three hours long and it's like, yeah, give me more Thanos. I don't know enough about his motivation. I would say that Avengers Endgame when it came out was more of an event than probably The Godfather 2. You know? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, it was before the summer blockbuster. That's also true. Yeah. But think about this: doubled the gross of the second highest grossing movie, The Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, doubled it. Forty-two million dollars. Poseidon Adventure made. Uh, third is What's Up, Doc. Four is Deliverance. Five is Cabaret. Cool. Number six, Deep Throat. Oh yeah, <laughs> Deep Throat. We could have done Deep Throat. We missed out. Why don't we nominate Deep Throat? I don't know. It's, it's an, an iconic film. It is. It's an important film. Ar- arguably the most... No. <laughs> I mean, there's... Kinda. There's some argument to be had. I don't think it's the right argument. It is but... the most profitable film ever made. Who cares if it's the most profitable movie ever made? And and uh, changed adult entertainment. Whatever. Deep Throat. Whatever. <laughs> One day we'll do it on a podcast. Yes. Um... The Academy Awards, they they had quite a year. They were really feeling themselves in 1972. Yeah, I saw this. This is kind of interesting that I was unaware of, actually. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this for a second. Um, Godfather wins Best Picture, and it beats Cabaret, Deliverance, The Emigrants, and Sounder, two movies I have never seen. Um, but then they do the old director Best Picture split. Yep. And they give Bob Fosse Best Director. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Bob Fosse's direction a lot in Cabaret. I'm not sure if it's the right decision. Um, yeah, it's strange. They, they did that to the film Bratz, though, a couple times. They did that to Spielberg with Jaws. They didn't, But the difference is that they didn't even nominate Spielberg for Jaws. So that's the sad Wait, part. Wait, but they didn't give him anything, though. No, no, no. But um, it, it obviously... You're saying they nominated it for picture, but yeah. didn't nominate him for director? Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I get it if you want to give Spotlight Best Picture and you want to give, like, Guillermo del Toro Best Director. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, the split makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. They've been doing the split a lot. Like, this just seems indefensible. I guess so. Yeah. You know? 
<laughs> I mean, that's really an indefensible decision. Yeah, I mean, and now at least, I, again, you always wonder like what it was back then, but like with the legacy of both of these films, not to say that both of them don't have a legacy. I mean, obviously they do, but we look at The Godfather and you think it won like 20 Oscars when really that's not true. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's a shockingly low number. Yeah. Uh, best actor, Brando wins for Godfather mm-hmm. and he beats out pretty stacked cast michael kane <laughs> Lawrence olivier peter o'toole and paul winnefeld marlon brando wins the oscar and famously declines the award mm-hmm. and so technically nobody won that oscar that's not really true i mean he, officially he has the win he never accepted it so what he didn't accept his statue if you go into their records marlon brando is the winner spiritually liza minnelli wins best actress for cabaret yep uh Elaine Heckart wins Best Supporting Actress for Butterflies Are Free. I don't even know what that movie is. Me neither. Um, and this is really the one I want to discuss. Best Supporting Actor, your nominees. Eddie Albert for The Heartbreak Kid. James Kahn for The Godfather. <laughs> Robert Duvall for The Godfather. Al Pacino for The Godfather. And your winner, Joel Gray for Cabaret. The MC in Cabaret. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm for it. I'll talk about that in a second. I'll give it to him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some honorable mentions. <clears throat> Pink Flamingos. Oh, yeah. Pink Flamingos came out. Best movie of the year. 1972. Woody had quite a 1972. Uh, Played Against Sam and Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex, but were too afraid to ask, came out mm-hmm. that year. Uh, the Last House on the Left. Yep. Talked about. Uh, the Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. I've never seen it. It's a French movie. Uh, Louis Benwell, I believe, made that movie. I've heard it's really good. Okay. I need to see it. I've not seen it. It's on Criterion. I may get around to it. I've been told I would like it. Uh, Solaris. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. And? Um, I think it's a great film. Uh, it's not one that I need to ever watch again. I've, I, when we were talking about our nominees last, or, or was it last week or the week before? I don't even know. It's, it was last week in the eyes of the podcast. Yeah, that's community. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> last time we talked about the movie and we were nominating these, I was saying that that movie is is it's it is an incredible film. Don't get me wrong, but it's slow even for me. And I I love my slow movies, but like that this was like almost unforgivable. Last Tango in Paris. Yeah. Came out that year. It's a great Brando performance. Kind of pornographic, if you ask me. Okay. But you know what? We could have nominated that one. Yeah. I could have made an argument for Last Tango. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Poseidon Adventure. I like that movie. Fun little movie. Yeah, it is a fun movie. It's escapism. It's good, though. Sure, sure. Jeremiah Johnson. Movie I like. Redford. Yeah. Did we nominate the better Redford movie, in your opinion? Nope. Okay. Uh, Way of the Dragon. Bruce Lee. I'm not seen Way of the Dragon, but I'm. I've, I, it's another thing that I keep trying to break out more with is seeing more Bruce Lee films. Uh, I watched the Thirty for Thirty that they did on Bruce oh. Lee last week, and it was excellent. It kind of makes me want to watch more of his movies. Enter the Dragon is like the best one, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Aguare, The Wrath of God, we are saving for our Werner podcast. Yeah, I know. I really wanted to see it because there's so many times where we go across our list. It's like, oh, I'm finally going to get around to watching this movie. That was like my a feeling with Akira. Uh, but yeah. with Aguirre, I was like, oh, sweet. Okay, I can finally say I've watched it. And that, of course, you're like, no, got to do a fucking Werner pod. And it's going to be a great week. All right. And you'll thank me once you've 
dive deep into the world of Herzog. We actually had Werner Herzog hit us up personally, and he was very upset that we hadn't done. Uh, oh, you know it. what? Yeah, that's a great point. We should uh, probably play the voicemail. All right. You know what I mean? And it really made me upset, though. I mean, it was, it, we're, we're good friends with Werner, so. Yeah, I mean, so well, we're in a group chat. Yes, we are. You know, I mean, we all have our group chats. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are <laughs> some are more exciting than others. I have some like boring ass group chats where like my friends talk about fantasy football. Yeah. And sure. then there are group chats like this one where you and I shoot the shit with the great German outdoor. It's nice. <laughs> Werner Herzog. I'm just happy he loves our pod. I mean, at the end of the day, we're lucky that he at least likes our pod. I'm and just happy for the downloads. I can't wait for his kid's birthday. It's going to be a nice evening. Doing it for the clicks. Yeah. Uh, so here's what um, here's what Werner sent us in our group chat mm-hmm. uh, when we uh, we snubbed him. I'm sorry, Werner. Greetings, Nico, Adam. This is your dear friend, Werner. I hear you enjoyed my performance in the Miyazaki film, The Wind Rises. I, I have a question, a question for you. When, when will you cover my films? You say you're a fan of my work, but you have yet to talk about them. very troubling news he's very upset i know i know we feel bad it sounded like he was crying i think he was crying you know it's the least we could do to a listener of the program i know i know <laughs> like one of our favorite listeners one of our best fans so yeah Werner, we'll help you out buddy one day um super fly came out that year <laughs> as well as the mechanic there you go uh national film registry <laughs> Cabaret, Deliverance, The Godfather, Lives of Performers, whatever the hell that is. Okay. All right? Yeah. Good. Let's do it. Deliverance, directed by John Borman, starring John Voight, Burt Reynolds, and Ned Beatty. Nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing. Did not win any of them. <laughs> AFI calls it the number 15 thriller of all time. Interesting. Intent on seeing the Kalawassee River before it's dammed and turned into a lake. Outdoor uh, fanatic Lewis Medlock takes his friends on a canoeing trip they'll never forget into the dangerous American backcountry. We talked about this on Why Is This a Thing when Burt Reynolds died. Um, And I remember just like talking a lot about Burt on that podcast because like in many ways this is a movie about like movie stars and masculine movie stars and how, uh, you know, how thin that facade is sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially at this time, too, when, I don't know, this is post-Golden uh, Era Hollywood. Right. So, like, a lot of those constructs that started to get broken down, or at least people were questionable of a lot of them. It's interesting that Burt Reynolds took the role at all. I think, yeah. I think about that a lot, like, with ultimately what happens with his character at the end of it all. Right. And you would think that someone in his position would have been like, no way, I can't do something like this. Sure. Um. <laughs> But it's, I'm smoky. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, no. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a very bold choice for something like uh, Burt Reynolds, especially when you actually watch the movie. And the movie has kind of plays that trick on you, where you think he is the hero, even when all the the horrible horrible stuff has happened. You think he's just going to carry them through to safety. And right. That's not what happens at all. No, he's just a victim. Yeah. At the end of the day. Right. And I would. Uh, yeah. I mean. 
uh, number 15 thriller of all time. I, I might actually agree with that. Really? I really like this movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, a lot of that, I don't know if I said this on our Why Is This a Thing pod, but I think a lot of that just comes with my fear of the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if like a lot of people are afraid of the ocean and their fear of the unknown, as, as am I. But there's something- Are that, you? Yeah. I'm afraid of the ocean. Why? Why wouldn't you be afraid of the ocean? It's terrifying, dude. I, I, guess, I mean, no, I know, not, like not the middle I, of the ocean. Not, I guess. <laughs> yes. Like the, by the shore? No, the ocean, the deep ocean. Going yeah, out. But when's the last time you've been in the deep ocean? Dude, I, I don't care. <laughs> that shit is terrifying. How often do you go into the deep ocean? What does it matter? Well, if you're not there, like, why is it a credible threat? What are you talking about? You're not scared of the, the open ocean? I'm scared if I were to be in the open ocean, I would be afraid of it. But I am very rarely in the open ocean, you, if ever. You can't, like, wrap your head around the thought of, like, being out in space might be terrifying? No. Why? Because I'm never going to go to space. <laughs> you, so you can't wrap your head around the thought, like, going into the ocean is a scary thought just by looking at it? I mean, I guess Dude, in I'm theory. Dude, I'm scared just by pictures. I am afraid of credible threats. I went out. Do you into, know what I mean? I went out into the middle of a lake yesterday, uh-huh. just kayaking, and I hate lakes. Yeah, and I just jumped out of my kayak and went swimming, and even that was eerie. And yeah, there's nothing there. Right. The ocean's the complete opposite. It's 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 like literally a hundred times deeper. Right. And you're never gonna go that deep. I don't care. Just being at the top of the surface is freakier to me. I just hate it. Seeing nothing there. The fact that. At any moment, you could be attacked by something. It's terrifying. That's why you don't go. I know. No, but I, I like I've been in the woods before. Yes, like the woods are terrifying because like there are woods all around me. I'm in Connecticut. Yeah. I'm more scared by the ocean, and I've never even been into the ocean. Precisely my point. Hence why it's so scary. You're never going to be an astronaut. Why is space so scary? You're never going to go. <laughs> I thought about the. You're going to die here on this planet. What's the, what is your point? The thought of it is terrifying. That's not hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, but why? No, dude. It's not hard to wrap your head around. The thought of it is scary. In theory, I guess. I guess so. Oh, I don't care about in theory. It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> the ocean is scary. I'm just saying you shouldn't be afraid of something that you can easily avoid. <laughs> That's my point. I can easily avoid the woods, like, too. Rapists are kind of hard to avoid. No, they're, they're easier to avoid. Rapists are scary because, like, you never know when they're going to pounce on you. But, like, if you want to avoid the open sea... You ever been raped, Nico? No. But, you know, I've never squealed like a pig before. But, like, that is... That's a terrifying thing about deliverance. <laughs> What are you talking about? Hillbillies that play banjos. What the hell are you talking about? Are you going to go down to the deep south and go into the middle of the woods and be attacked by Maybe. a pig? No, you're not. <laughs> but it's still freaky. I'm scared of Michael Myers. I'm not going to get attacked by Michael Myers. Yeah, but Michael My you never know. Shut up. That doesn't make any sense. He's the human embodiment of evil. I'm just saying, like, you have power over the ocean. You know why you have power? Because you don't have to go there if you sure. don't want to. So this is a bad argument. What no, are you talking about? I don't understand why you are fearful of something that you have control over. Are you scared of the ocean? I mean, I've never gotten to a point where I, I that, was that, afraid of the ocean. But would you be scared of the ocean? If I was stranded castaway style? After well, my plane went down? Not, not even that. Would you be? I'm just talking about the thought of just being bobbing up and down. There is no thought! I've never been there! Yes, there is. Of course there's so a the thought. So the thought is scary? Sure. You never, like, watched a movie or seen a documentary where you've, you've, you've been placed okay. in that position where you're like, that looks horrible? Okay, first of all, it's possible here that I'm just not afraid of the ocean in general. Sure. That I just don't find it to be scary. Mm -hmm. But... 
I've been I, out into the ocean in a boat, and it's scary. Okay, I don't go on boats. I uh, fucking hate boats. Right. I get seasick. <laughs> I hate boats. I don't go on yachts. I don't go on cruises. Does that count? I have been out into the ocean with boats, and yes, it's scary. I, I wasn't scared when I was on a boat a couple times in my life. <laughs> Put it that way. Okay. What a stupid art. What are you talking about, man? Don't over... Is this a horror movie? Yeah. Okay. I think it kind of is, too. I'm not entirely sure, but it kind of is. Here's what I think. I think the build-up is a horror movie. Oh, I think the build-up is fucking terrifying. I think the third act is a thriller. I think the first two acts are horror. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Dueling Banjos, that's a horror movie. Yeah. Well, it's hor- well the thing is, it's horrifying because you, you don't understand what's so freaky about it. Honestly, right. It's a movie that I've never quite been able. I mean, aside from when they get like attacked by crazies in the middle of the woods, that's a horrifying idea. Uh, but yeah, like just the idea of seeing this like kid that you've never met before in your life, just playing the banjo and fighting you that way. He's also the creepiest looking kid of all time. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's actually creeper when he's swinging his banjo over the bridge though. Oh God. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, yes. It's a horror movie. No doubt. Yeah. The hand coming up from the, the, the water. Yes. At the end. That's really great. Or is yeah. that at the beginning? I'm not sure if it's at the end of the beginning. I think it's, I think it's the end. I think it's the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. I was mixed that up in my head, but yeah. Wait, uh, Oh, you're talking about the John Voight dream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, a, that's the final scene of the movie. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'd call it a horror movie more or less. Yeah. My favorite shot in the movie is not actually in the movie though it's of the poster with the gun coming out of the river ah that is a great that's a great i wish they put that in the movie like Mm -hmm. that's such like a a chilling image of like three unknowing just canoers that are are about to get uh attacked yeah Yeah. blown away it's really good um yeah i uh you know we, we talked about this movie for an hour you can go back in the archives and listen to it um i the third act with all the footage of them in the rapids. Like, I wouldn't call that like a, an, an aesthetically pleasing sequence, but you can tell that they're doing it for real. Mm-hmm. And like, this movie was notoriously like dangerous to shoot. I think it was uninsured for the most part. And they oh, had, man. yeah, they had like Bert and Voigt on the kayak, just tipping over. There's this great story about how they were using a dummy, like a, um, just like a, a dummy figure for some of those stunts and the footage didn't come out the way they wanted it to. So Bert goes in and does the stunt himself. The boat capsizes. He's like stuck underwater for a couple seconds. Finally, he emerges. He's like, you know, kind of out of it. And he asks Borman how the footage look. And Borman goes like a dummy was doing it. (laughs) So it's like this great story of like, it's not really worth it to get the shot, but it's kind of worth it to get the shot. (laughs) The knowledge that he was actually doing it himself is enough. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I, I agree. Uh, I do kind of side with Borman though, because <laughs> I mean, like again, it, it goes into the like sort of the method acting uh, element where it's like the audience audience doesn't really know the difference unless it's like blatantly obvious, right. That it's a dummy. Otherwise, it's like you can pull that off in a much safer way just by doing long shots of figures in a boat going down rapids, right? You don't need to jump into the fucking <laughs> boat and actually go down whitewater rapids. It's a dumb in a raft. <laughs> Where there are sharp rocks in, at, at, at every inch of the, the river. Yeah, like, and they did it several times. No, you don't need to. <laughs> like, it's great that they did it. Like, that's awesome. But, like, it doesn't affect my viewing experience. 
I think it does for me a little bit. I think I can tell. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's not Bert, like if it's a stunt double, I'm cool with it being a stunt double. I just need to know that there's a real human being getting hurt here. Well, that depends on the way you edit it together. Like like in certain shots, it's 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 very obvious because it like it's tight on all like all three of them as they're riding down and you're getting their screams as they're <laughs> getting thrown from the thing. Yeah. And then uh, the guy who plays uh fucking Beatty? Not Beatty, uh um uh Jesus. God, why can't I remember this actor's name? I hate this. The fourth guy? Which guy? Uh, the guy who plays fucking Dick Jones in RoboCop. Who plays the banjo. I don't oh, I, I I don't know his name. I love that guy. But yeah, he dies, and you, you're wondering where the hell he went, and it's great. So yeah, like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you get, of course, uh, the famous... <laughs> I don't know why I just said it's famous, but um, uh, it is famous. No, no, I'm talking about um, uh, Burt Reynolds' uh, uh, turkey meat leg. Oh, yeah, which I always found kind of amusing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it looks like salami that you just stuffed into his wetsuit. There. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Uh, Voight apparently scaled that mountain for real. I believe that, that cliff. Yeah. He actually was climbing that. Uh, yeah, I I love movies where actors put themselves in danger. It's my favorite thing. And like again. Is it always the most aesthetically pleasing? Like, if they use CGI, I mean, obviously CGI wasn't a thing in 1972, but if they use special effects or a stunt crew or body doubles, like, would my viewing experience be much different? Probably not. But knowing that, and, you know, like, seeing Burt Reynolds get capsized on a kayak, like, that is enough for me. Maybe not, like, as a film-watching experience, but as an entertainment experience. Well, I like it again, because it kind of breaks down this facade of what celebrities and actors are. Right. They don't necessarily need to get hurt, even though it's enjoyable. Like hot ones, for example, sure. is enjoyable because these famous people are swearing at the camera and looking at Sean <laughs> Evans and being like, fuck your question. <laughs> that's why that's enjoyable. My favorite interviewer since like Walter Cronkite. It's beautiful. <laughs> It's like, let's just show these people who they actually are by using chicken wings. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing here where it's like it, they could get muddied up, for example, like super, super fucking dirty, just the least glamorous version of what they usually go for. And I love seeing that. Yeah. Like Daniel Radcliffe in Jungle or something, you know? Sure. <laughs> There's a funny example. <laughs> like stuff like or that. Or Daniel Radcliffe in Swiss Army Man. Oh. <laughs> Similar thing. He gets battered up much worse in Jungle. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's a that's just a choice. <laughs> Guns akimbo. I love Daniel Radcliffe's decisions. <laughs> They're so weird. Um They're so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy's going for it, man. Yeah, I know. You you gotta you gotta give him credit. I think Robert Pattinson has come out of that whole like uh like that whole minefield a mm. little better than Radcliffe has. I yeah. think Pattinson has figured it out and Radcliffe is like chasing Pattinson's tail. <laughs> I don't know if he's chasing Pattinson's tail. They're doing very, very, very different things. Uh, but I, but they're kind of similar actors, right? They have a similar look. Maybe. They were both in like massive YA franchises. One's also a little more troubled than the other. So I don't know if he's as concerned with certain things. Are they tr- is Radcliffe Rad- troubled? Daniel Radcliffe was an alcoholic for a very long time. Was so. he? Yeah. Oh, so. I'm sorry to hear that. So a little, little different. Fucking J.K. Rowling. I know. It's destroying all these people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. The, and also, by the way, the last five minutes of this movie, ten minutes of this movie are just haunting. Oh, and yeah. Like, the movie could have easily ended with them getting back to civilization and calling the cops. But, like, those dream sequences at the end, just, like, putting these traditional American heroes 
in these really compromising positions is just incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think like is one of the formative, like breaking down of the masculine figure Hollywood movies. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the notion of you got away, but you didn't actually get away. Right. Is what's so wonderful about this movie. Cause it's like the movie doesn't let them off easy at all. It's like, cause they could have gotten away. Like you said, called the cops or maybe even died. But I th- it's like John Borman was like, that's too simple. They have to live. Right. They have to live with what they did. This is a tougher fate than death. Yes, exactly. Right. And I just think that's a brilliant decision for these people. Yeah. Really good movie. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. And I suspect a bunch of people haven't. You'd be surprised. It's so funny. I run into people all the time, like our age, who have started watching this movie because of Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's like highly recommended to... I don't know why that is, but a lot of people have come to me and been like, just watch this movie Deliverance. Really good, but what the fuck was that one scene? Like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, a lot of people... This has become like oddly popular. Dude, Netflix is such a strange machine now. Mm-hmm. Netflix has become like the like blockbuster staff recommendation <laughs> shelf. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have the power just by hosting something on their service, not even recommending it to you, just by putting it on the service, your movie comes with like, you know, actually it's more like having the cons like stamp of approval during your like your your uh, Oscar campaign. When you're putting out a movie like this won the Palme d'Or, it won the audience award at cons like Molly's Game, for example, has become a massive sensation. No one cared about Molly's Game when it came out in the theaters like three or four years ago. I can't tell you how many people now think of Molly's Game as a Netflix movie. Really? And watched it just because it's on Netflix. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Molly's Game has, has like gained a cult following all of a sudden. That's cool. Yeah. I've not seen Molly's Game. Oh, you haven't? No. No interest in seeing it, but... Oh, yeah. Maybe you should see it. I think you'll hate it, but maybe you should see it. No, I'll, I'll watch Vast of Night first, and then I'll see Molly's Game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is... Deliverance, huh? Mm-hmm. There was another weird one I saw in the top 10 the other day. Let me pull it... Because you, you go on the Netflix top 10, and it's just... It'll be like a strange movie from like 1997. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that too. Deliverance is definitely not on the top 10 anymore or anything like that, but... The amount of people that I know who have seen it is just like just odd and surprising, but kind of cool. Yeah. Um, let's pull up the Netflix top 10 real quick. Oh, God. Let's see what's on here. Uh, the Lorax is number two. What the? <laughs> Why? Why? Are you aware they did a remake of the Babysitter's Club? No. Well, it's there. They also did a remake of Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Number eight is I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> and number nine is the town. Think about that. All right. Interesting. Think about how many people are going to watch the town now just because it's on Netflix. That would have never watched it otherwise. I know. It's neat. It is neat. Uh, Jack Nicholson agreed to play Ed in Deliverance as long as Marlon Brando played Lewis. <laughs> you can see how that went. Neither yeah. were in the movie. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and the movie doesn't explain the title deliverance, but the book does. And it states that, uh, what the city boys are trying to find in the backwoods is deliverance from the stress of modern life. That's what the title refers to. That's very cynical. What's up, doc. (laughs) What's up, doc. Directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, I agree. Written by the great Buck Henry. Mm-hmm. It's a stacked writer's room here. Oh, yeah. Buck Henry, who, of course, wrote The Graduate, created Get Smart, one of the great comedy writers of all time. 
And then David Newman and Robert Benton, Robert Benton, who did Kramer versus Kramer and some other things. And the two of them together wrote Bonnie and Clyde. So just like an iconic writer's room there. Uh, starring Barbara Streisand, Ryan O'Neill, Madeline Kahn. AFI called it the number 68 romance of all time and number 61 comedy of all time. The accidental mix-up of four identical plaid overnight bags leads to a series of increasingly wild and wacky situations. Okay. What, is that not an accurate premise? It's not a romance. It's just... It kind of is. No, it's not. It's not a romance. (laughs) (laughs) Movies doesn't give a shit about that. There Um, is a romance. Yeah, but that's not what the movie's concern is whatsoever. Yeah. Um... But I had a few things to say about this movie. I'm okay. just going to read it off. Cause... Hit me. Okay. Oh, you have notes? I do. What uh, a shocker. Okay, so one. <laughs> this is a first. One. <laughs> Adam comes prepared for a podcast. <laughs> one. It's an interesting experience when you go into a movie expecting a rom-com, and then what you essentially get is something in between Frank Oz and the Zucker Brothers. So that was interesting for me personally. Frank Oz and the Zucker Brothers. Yeah. In between. That was my... Why Frank Oz? Well, I mean, there was a lot about it that was reminding me of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and What About Bob? Just about something about the anxiety of a situation that characters are kind of thrown into that they can't ever escape. Kind of. There's something about it that just screamed that for me. It just had that similar feel. And then the wackiness was uh, leaning to an edge of the Zucker Brothers, although... <laughs> was it wa- I don't know. I mean, I guess it was wacky. It wasn't parody, though. It wasn't satire. It was pretty fucking close. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was more Howard Hawks than, than what? Zucker Brothers. Oh, yeah. I thought it was more like old school, like, mm. you know, like like His Girl Friday. Oh. You know? It's very Bringing up baby, like that sort of like yeah, but screwball comedy. Yeah, but it's super meta. It feels like a Looney Tunes sketch most of the time. Yeah, I felt I felt like it was more, though, paying homage to older comedies. It felt, no, I felt more like like the Looney Tunes. I mean, it's not quite Billy Wilder. I mean, Wilder's <laughs> no, a little, well, Wilder's I, not as physical, maybe, as this movie is. I was thinking that it was going to be like Billy Wilder, and I thought it was way off of that. Yeah. I didn't think it was even close. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely more... I mean, there was actually shades of Buster Keaton in it. Oh, yeah, no, no, I agree, especially with the sign. Right. Hitting the glass. I mean, there was some stunts lot. in there. I don't know if they did it for real like Buster but, did, but... But Buster Keaton, to me, is kind of in between those two characters, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think Howard Hawks is... is I, I That's what I would put as, like, the closest yeah. comp. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just another Howard Hawks thing. Okay. But again, feels like in between these two types of filmmakers got it uh two everybody in this movie is either a freak or a purebred certifiable moron jackass or both uh three everybody's either a moron or a jackass yes yeah Eh, i didn't think babs was was babs again barbara streisand Streisand? yeah i'm referring to her by her christian name she's a moron do you not call barbara streisand babs no i don't oh she's barbara Okay. She's Barbara to me. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. Uh, three. It's funny as hell. It's silly as can be. It's never not entertaining, and it's one of the most charming things I've seen in quite a while. I quite, I quite like this one. Oh, and four. I finally figured out who Florence Pugh always looked like to me. It was Madeline Kahn all along. It's uncanny. Okay, I'm done. Florence Pugh looks like Madeline Kahn? Exactly. I was like, there it is. I don't know about that. Look at a picture. <laughs> they look so similar. A young Madeline Florence Con- Pugh is more attractive than Madeline Kahn. I don't necessarily agree with that. A young Florence Pugh and a young, well, obviously a young Florence Pugh, but a young Madeline Kahn, they look so similar to me. 
They look so damn similar. Um. Okay, that's Madeline Kahn. That's Florence Pugh. Get a more that's head. Madeline Kahn. Get a more head-on picture because <laughs> you're showing her Pugh. in profile. <laughs> uh, there. Yeah, they look pretty similar to me. I don't see it. I do. No, Florence Pugh is more attractive than Madeline Kahn. I don't fully agree with that. I find Florence Pugh very attractive. Well, I do too. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, uh, it's pretty damn close. Maybe I'm more used to a younger Madeline Kahn. Or an, or an <laughs> older, older Madeline, Madeline Kahn, Kahn, I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I saw her in this and I was like, Florence Pugh? <laughs> what are hey, you, Flo. What are you doing here? What's up, Flo? <laughs> um, okay, so Peter Bogdanovich is like becoming one of my favorite directors. That's, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> in front me. of your very eyes, people. Yeah, yeah. I watched Last Picture Show for the first time. What was that like three months ago? Mm-hmm. And I uh, like fell in love with it. It's like one of my favorite movies now. Like I adore that movie. Uh, this is like a perfect movie. <laughs> I love this movie. It's always great. Yeah, it's a shit ton of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. who would hate on this movie? Yeah, it's like the epitome of like a summer crowd pleaser movie that we would go to. There's nothing like. Uh, it, it, it's not like breaking the bank or anything like that. It's not like the most. Well, it's breaking the bank. Well, this costs a lot of money. <laughs> I get that, I, but I mean, like, like in terms of like the audience perception, they would go and see this and be like, "Oh, that was so much fun. That was right. such a funny, fun, fun movie." You know, it's not, but it, it it works as that. It's not like the most like I don't know. It doesn't like blow my socks off or anything like that. But like for what it is, I'm just like, yeah, like it's just it's too it's too lovable. Yeah. This movie is just the epitome of lovable. Yeah. I was laughing out loud, but like heavy belly laughs during this movie. Like I was laughing hard, man, like harder than I thought I was. I thought like it would be, I think, similar to what you expected, like a pretty cute, like old school romance. Um, Not something like this broad and this goofy and silly. Um, I did not expect Bogdanovich to go this silly because no, uh, Paper Moon and, and although Paper Moon has elements of comedy, Last Picture Show does not. Mm-mm. So to think like he made Last Picture Show, I think, in 71 and then follows it up with this, this <laughs> the following year. Uh, yeah, pretty incredible. That's like a pretty like uncanny transition there. Oh, it's a choice, uh, but he does a great job. I don't because that was the thing I was watching. I was like, this has got to be a little more, you know, quiet and moody. And even if it's going to be funny, it's going to be much more grounded humor. And it's no, 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 no. This is a Looney Tune sketch. Yeah. With people. It's a live action Looney Tune sketch. And it's literally called What's Up Doc and Bugs Bunny does show up. Yeah. 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 One of the best versions of that, I have to say. I mean, yeah, the movie's, movie's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It took me, but again, it took me a, a while to like adjust to the fact that it wasn't going to be a rom-com. Once I like settled into the movie, it's like, okay, it's, it's oh, it's this kind of movie. Sure. Uh, yeah, it worked pretty flawlessly. Yeah. Uh, Barbara or Babs, I don't know what we're calling her. I, I call her Babs, man. I call her Barbara. Okay. Uh, I mean, Babs is great, but that's not saying anything. She's one of the most talented human beings to ever walk the face of the planet, and she's great in this. Yep. Um, and, like, just oddly lovable in that way. You kind of forget that, like, Barbara was, like, a, a, a... Like, is sex symbol the word? She's like a girl next door, man. She's, like, the object of affection, because she's got, like, that something. In that look, I mean, yeah. Yeah, in this, she's a... Uh... I would say she's definitely that here. And I mean, I guess she's kind of that in A Star is Born in a way. Uh-huh. You know? A lot of every actor that's ever played that role has sort of been that person. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. She's, she's again, feels like Bugs Bunny. 
That's right. her character. Yes. Like, like she literally feels like Bugs Bunny half the time. Right. Yeah. She's Not, driving everyone crazy around her. She's smarter than everyone else. Well, no, see, I don't think she's intelligent at all. She just kind of falls into dumb situations. You she, think? She's smart about working Ryan O'Neill and just sort of casually gets lucky. You don't find her smart? No, no, I think she's an idiot. <laughs> you think she's an idiot? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think, yeah. You do? I think everybody in this movie is pretty much an idiot. Oh, I I disagree with that. I no, I I don't think so at I all. Think Ryan O'Neill certainly. I think a she's moron. She's by far and away the smartest person in the movie. I mean, she's the only one that seems to be a step ahead of everybody. No, I mean, even at the end when she calls out that douchebag musicologist, saying that you plagiarized this thesis. I mean, the fact that she read that. Mm-hmm. No, I think she is maybe not like like intellectual. No, but she causes all the problems in the movie, but, but not, purposefully. Not not always. <laughs> Certainly not always. I mean, most of the time, I feel like half the accidents that happen in this movie are just her not knowing what to do. Like, oh, turn on the wipers. Are these the wipers? Oh, that's the radio. <laughs> that's her throughout the whole movie. That's pretty dumb. I guess. But like, yes, I agree. Like, she sort of falls into situations in a lucky fashion, similar to the way Bugs Bunny does. But Bugs Bunny, to me, again, this is one difference I'll separate them with, is that he does feel smart. Right. And he always feels like he's on top of everything and always kind of in control. And she doesn't feel like she's in control at all. Aside from from her decision she makes about uh, pursuing Ryan O'Neill's character. Right. You know, that's when she gets clever. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? She's clever, but she's not in smart. Is street smart the word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd get, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Um, Man, so many great little scenes here. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't even know how to describe the plot of this movie. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a domino effect. Yeah, it's kind of a fool's errand to try to describe this on a podcast, but there are four suitcases and they have valuable things in them. One case has diamonds. One case has secret documents, FBI documents. One has just laundry and one has precious minerals that are used for a science convention Mm -hmm. and they all look exactly the same and they all happen to be in the same hotel at the exact same time on the same floor within a few rooms of one another and uh, they get mixed up and hijinks ensue. Um, but there's one scene <laughs> where the bellhop, or I guess the concierge at the at the hotel desk, attempts to steal one of the diamonds and tells his compatriot to distract the old lady so he has enough time to get to the room, and the guy begins tripping her. <laughs> and just harassing her all the way down the hallway but that's one of those moments where i'm internally laughing but i'm like my head is cocked and i have like one eyebrow raised i'm like what when he first trips the old lady i was crying with laughter because it's like kind of happening in the background they're not drawing like any attention to it i mean they are but it's not like the forefront because his other buddy is stealing the case right and i'm just looking at the guy in the background like he's like jumping on her and, and knocking her down this and old- she's like biting him she's like trying to and he's like Mom. he's like kicking her it's this old woman like <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that shit was funny. it's so funny the guy with the golf clubs mm. it, it, so this other guy he's like i guess a spy a member of the cia yep. who's tracking this whistleblower who has stolen the documents and in order to remain uh, inconspicuous he carries around golf clubs as a cover, <laughs> as though in the middle of the streets of San Francisco, he's planning on going golfing. <laughs> well, as though, like in the middle of like a banquet, holding <laughs> golf clubs isn't weird. 
So he's running down the street following this guy, but he realizes that the clubs are too heavy. So he begins just taking throwing. clubs and throwing them into the bushes to lighten the load. Well, I think that was the mold. I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. <laughs> I get what this movie Exactly. Is. <laughs> to the point where by the end of it, the guy still has the bag of clubs. The entire movie, he has the bag, but there's only one single club yeah. in the entire bag. So good. I love Barbara Streisand walking across the road, not looking both ways, and the fucking cars crash. <laughs> so much carnage. This must have been an expensive ass movie, man. I keep thinking of the Blues Brothers too, of course. But I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ! Like I thought that movie was going to be expensive to make. This shit is like for 1972. Yes, it was a big studio production. They have to drive these cars in the San Francisco Bay. Oh, that was so good, dude. Oh, we're gonna make it. I don't think we're going to make it <laughs> as they're already off. I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> this is a perfect movie. I fucking love this movie, Adam. I love it so much. Yeah. This is great. How about the fire scene? Mm. Oh, my God. The fire in the in the hotel room. What's the matter? Don't you know the meaning of propriety? As Madeline Kahn <laughs> is screaming in the background and they're trying to put the fire. I love it when... <laughs> I like Barbara Streisand's just hanging there like it's nothing like all right I'm just hanging here <laughs> off the balcony oh it's so funny oh man it's amazing uh a couple I could just list scenes all day but yeah, I just believe day. me this is just like a perfect movie it's so fucking no, good it's, it is a screwball comedy in the purest sense where it's like it's just a beat by beat there's a laugh one of the things I found funny is that in 1972 the tagline that they used during the campaign was a screwball comedy. Remember them? <laughs> and I just... <laughs> like, it was 1972. It was 50 years ago. And back then they were like, oh, what happened to our pictures of the, <laughs> of the golden age? Well, it just makes me think, because like, I saw that tagline too, and I'm like, yeah, we're not that special here in, in 2020. Because right. we, we're self-referential about everything. Where do you get off complaining about not enough screwball comedies in Hollywood? It was 1972. Yeah, it's Could you imagine a movie like this coming out today? Oh, my God. I don't even know if it would. What do you think it would work today? I don't know. I feel like people, I do. Yeah, I think it would. It's possible. I feel like people might judge this in the in the realm of like, and I don't know. I mean, you'd have to tone it down. Honestly, you'd have to be closer to something like Bridesmaids. You'd have to be raunchier too. Yeah, yeah. Is the thing. So. Yeah, you can't get a comedy sold at rated PG anymore for an no. adult audience. That's so annoying. Yeah, because there's these these are so much better. They're so much better. Like it's either an adult comedy or or a kids comedy and nothing in between. Yeah, that's upsetting. That's really upsetting. You know, because these are really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also found it funny that they referenced the love story quote. That was my bit, my biggest laugh in the movie. Okay. is my biggest laugh. Yeah. Where Ryan O'Neill, who is in love story, uh, what does he say to when Barbara Streisand tells him love Bar- means never never to say you're sorry. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, though, that was like, what, two years after Love Story came I, out? That was my, I was like, Love Story was only like a couple years earlier, right? Right. But it is, a, to his credit, it's a really fucking stupid line. Yes. No, I get it. But it's like, I don't know. Could you imagine like quoting like, I don't know, uh, like three billboards outside Epic, Missouri, you know, two, two years after it came out? There are times, though, when you know a line is just iconic and then someone goes with it or plays with it or tells you to do it. I feel like the grace period, though, has widened over the years. Like, I feel like you're not allowed to reference something two years after it comes out anymore. I always think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back in commando. Right. And that was only a couple of years. Like, I, let me see. I think it's only three years after. When did Terminator come out? 83? Yeah. I and think Commando was 86. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Three years. Man, now no, Terminator. No, it's 84. 
It's 84. There oh, my go. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does... I don't know. Like, I feel like we've been quoting the same movies for the last 40 years. Like, it's Jaws and it's Terminator and... There's nothing know. we quote anymore, really. I mean, I quote Anchorman, <laughs> but that's about it. Right. It's that's- just like things don't get recycled into the zeitgeist anymore. It's like all our references are from the 80s and 90s. Shows how how little iconography we have nowadays. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. Uh, I, I love this movie. Have I made that clear? I like this movie. I, I might love it. I might I love it. I fucking adore it. I might love it. I yeah. want to watch it again. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, again, I don't think it matters. I don't think him saying I love you. I didn't buy that at all. But like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, I'm not concerned with the romance in this movie whatsoever. My only nitpick is when he was breaking the fourth wall at the beginning. But he does that a dinner. few times. Yeah. When he goes, I'm having a horrible time. I'm having a nightmare. <laughs> yes. That was a little much for me. I felt like if just keep it within the logic of the, the universe. You know? <laughs> this is the thing is like I saw this like, yeah, this isn't the logic. It felt, okay. I mean, her saying the line, uh, I would have thought that the line, um, love means never having to say you're sorry, that would have bothered you. I was like, oh, Nico's going to hate that. No, it, it didn't. Because that's way more on the nose as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the stuff I enjoyed most about this movie. Yeah. I enjoyed all the physical comedy. Yeah. I enjoyed that car chase at the end. I, you know, I love just falling off of the the dock and into yeah. the, the <laughs> into cops, the bay. Always the stupid cops falling over. <laughs> yeah, that that's the stuff I love the most. It's just a great like old school throwback and yeah, uh, yeah. Bogdanovich baby, really good. I gotta di- I gotta dive head first. Yeah. Because we're caught up. You and I have seen all the same amount of Bogdanovich. We've films, seen the right? same three. I mean, those are the big three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But I got to see some of the uh, the more niche stuff. Well, you're welcome, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Sly Stallone is in this movie. He is? He's an extra. What? However, he is not clearly seen oh. in the background. So it's just all... walking far away. Okay, well, now it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Even if Sly Stallone is just an extra. Uh, let's talk about the candidate. Okay. I feel like I know what's coming here. <laughs> uh, directed by Michael Ritchie, starring Robert Redford and Peter Boyle. Winner of Best Original Screenplay. Also nominated for Best Sound. Bill McKay is a candidate for the U.S. Senate from California. He has no hope of winning, so he's willing to tweak the establishment. I feel a classic Adam Hall hot take coming. <laughs> I felt this coming like three days ago. Did you like this movie? Yeah. Really liked it. What what happened to you, man? What are you talking about? What the hell happened to you? How did you like this movie? What? What happened to what stunted your ability to 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 like stuff like this but not other things? You found this one Not enough talking holograms in this movie for uh, you? I don't no 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 like, like not enough flamethrowing guitars. You you watch something like like in Sunday and you think that's boring and you uh-huh. watch this and you're like yeah, give me more? Correct. What happened to you, man? Did what are you, you talking are you about? You in, in, incapable of having fun in <laughs> movies? Dude, this I, I said this in my letter my, my one sentence letterbox review. This film is the cinematic equivalent of some very well made Nyquil. Stop it. Dude, who gives a Stop it? Dude, I'd rather watch Chariots of Fire. Ah! Ugh. And it's a much better movie. Yuck. So so yeah. Yuck. Uh, what it what is interesting about this movie? What is fun about the candidate? It's not funny. I don't want to hear it. It's not funny. It is funny. No, it's, it's not. It's definitely funny. It is unfunny. Um, there is. Wait no- a minute. It's not funny when he goes, there's a fire in Malibu. It's perfect. No. That's not funny? No. I don't want to hear an argument that it's funny. Do you it just is, not like election movies? It's blatant. No. That's, Do you not like like campaign I li- movies? I like election. <laughs> well, election is the best of all election movies. So, Are you just like not into like political movies? 
Uh, well, if you're going to be a political movie, like uh, do something that's like kind of like fun and spice it up a little bit. Don't make something that's so like, like less, it's, it's significantly less inter- interesting than what goes on nowadays or what, what honestly went back, what, what was going on back then. I mean, man, if you're going to like, like play close to the, I, I was, this, this is my biggest issue with the film. I think is that I was watching, I was like, what is like, what, what is this movie telling me that like no one, even at this time already knew? I mean, well, I, I, I don't know, man. I imagine that is just like hindsight being 2020. I then, think that now, then it's dated. <laughs> well, fine, but, but like, I, it's not the movie's fault. I don't. Care. The movie could not have possibly foreseen the political environment we now find ourselves in. Yep. Yeah, I get like now it doesn't look like a satire, but in 1972 there are satirical elements to yeah, it. Sure, sure. It's the it, it, fucking man. Just like like it, this is the kind of movie you would show to eighth graders in school. Are those your favorite movies? Stop it. Why did you like this movie? I'm actually kind of put off. I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you why. Did you get hit over the head when you were watching this? I'm a little put off that you like this movie so much. Why are you offended that I like the movie? You shouldn't like this movie. This movie won Best Original Screenplay. I don't care. This is a sort of green book. (laughs) It's a good point. I don't give a shit about what... It's a beloved movie. I don't give a shit about what won Oscars. This is a a beloved classic movie. Yeah, so is Nashville. Uh, And it's another great one. Why are you offended that I like it? It's just, dude, like, what is there to take away from this movie? How didn't you not find this as dated as I did? (sighs) Okay. (laughs) A couple things. Um... I like the fact that Robert Redford is an unremarkable human being. I like that. And I I see that sort of being your complaint. If I'm reading in between the lines here, you were bothered by the fact that this story is too mundane. Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's super mundane. Okay. I kind of like that element to it. I like the fact that this is just a guy who is fairly well-intentioned, but is not too much of a rebel, Mm -hmm. is charismatic, but not charismatic enough who doesn't have like the killer instinct that like it takes to become say the president of the United Mm. States, but with a well-run campaign, he can maybe win a Senate seat for a term. I like the fact that he has an affair throughout the entire movie and the affair never calls attention to itself. His mistress does not even have a speaking line in the movie. It's just sort of put there for you to, to see, but nothing ever comes of it. And I kind of like that idea that, you know what? The guy's just a guy and he's been swallowed up by the system. And this is more a cautionary tale about what the system is going to do to somebody like that. Oh, as if I didn't know that already. I mean, the machine is, is the character here. Oh my God. I get it though. Like you can read a book. You can turn no, it's on the, a little more incisive you can, you can than turn that, on though. the news. I mean, part of the issue as well is that the grand revelation, the, what do we do now thing? That's politics. I know I've known this since high school. Yeah. Man. Okay. I get it, man. There's just nothing. Politics has come a long way in the last 50 I years. I don't care. There's there's nothing interesting about there's it's the most unentertaining film I've seen in forever. And the problem is like again, I found it very entertaining. Oh, shut up. I did. No. Why are you so put off? I don't I don't want to talk about this movie. I'm, Man. Like, I'm bothered by how much Man, you it's like, like this you movie. discovered a copy of Mein Kampf in the, in my bedroom. <laughs> it's weird. Hiding dude. under my mattress. Why are you so offended by how my you, opinion how here? How do you like white toast this much or white bread? Stop. That's it's what more, it's so much more no, than that. No, it's man. not. I'm not hearing the argument. I'm sorry you didn't get it, Adam. What do you mean I didn't get I'm it? I'm sorry you didn't get it, you Philistine. I got it perfectly fine. It's the most mundane thing imaginable. It's something everyone is aware of. It's like there's nothing insightful about it whatsoever. Oh my god. The the political spectrum, it's just it's a big game and it's all a joke and it swallows up and corrupts the most optimistic and well-intentioned people imaginable. I get it. Who gives a shit? 
It's a little more complicated than that. No, it's not. It is. First <laughs> it of all, it is not more complicated than that whatsoever. I shouldn't. I keep saying first of all, like fourth of all. <laughs> Robert Redford. This is. I'm. I'm not making this up. This is one of my favorite Robert Redford performances of all <laughs> Why? time. Why? He is magnificent in this movie. Okay. The speech where he, the the speech that he gives to that banquet at the beginning of the movie where he's like stuttering over his words and he's looking out into the crowd and it's just like this black room with some silhouettes of people. Let's be very clear. The best scene in this movie is when he is, uh, he's told to stand outside the factory and shake hands with people who are completely uninterested. Yes. That's it. Yeah. No, but there's a lot of good stuff here and I'll, I'll explain why there are so many political movies or movies of this kind where I think about like some seasons of the West wing, right? Where the candidate decides to go off script. You see this all the time. It's such a cliche in political movies. It's like, here are your talking points. This is what your team told you to say, but you know what? Fuck that. I'm on live TV and this is what I actually believe. And whenever that cliche is used in a political movie, Mm -hmm. the candidate is always proved correct. Mm -hmm. It's always like, wow, what a genius. He's smarter than a team of 20 politicos. <laughs> yeah. This movie does not utilize that cliche. It does. does. It, no, it, it doesn't. Are you sure? Every time Redford goes off script, it backfires on him. That's not true. When he, when he gives that speech at the beginning, Peter Boyle gives him like all those talking points. Here, I wrote you a couple things. You can read it. He says, no, I brought a note card. I'm going to read the note card. The speech is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's an awful speech. Yeah. Like your instincts were wrong, man. What about the debate? He goes off script there, and they're like, that was a good they idea. Were, no, they were pissed at him. There's His a, team was pissed. There were a few people that were pissed. Like, it, no, it backfired. It, no, but He was winning the debate until he went off script. There were plenty. That wasn't the impression that I got oh, no, at that, all. That was the point of the scene. The Ugh. point of the scene is that he was, he was winning the debate. He was mopping the floor with this guy, and then all of a sudden he got in the mud, and he wasn't prepared to get in the mud. I'm not convinced he won. He didn't win at all, though. I mean, his, his uh, points do better. He gets more people on his side. I mean, there's this whole scene about there's the, there's the team that doesn't like what he's doing. His like political team, but you're not supposed to like Peter Boyle's character. No, but there's the communication strategist, for example, that goes, I climbed this guy up from 14 points mm-hmm. and now he does this to me. Like his instincts in that moment were wrong. It's not played as like this heroic, like, you know, um, like sort of like, uh, you know, he doesn't become a martyr in that moment. No. Like he doesn't become bigger than what he is. He's a political candidate, you know? And I liked how grounded they kept the story. I know that's oh, what, so that's boring. what turned you off to it. It's nothing, dude. You I can liked turn the on- fact that he was, he was unremarkable. And I liked this idea that, you know, he's just a name and he's just like a handsome face. Oh my God. And that's the why, only thing that really makes him why special. Why would you make a movie about this too? Like, because that's how it is. It's so, n- exactly. Because that's how it is. Exactly. You well, that's why it's worth telling. No, that's no. why it's a story <laughs> you, worth telling. You, you tell movies that are different than that. You 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 make movies that are separate from reality. We're too used to it. This is news. This is turning on CNN or fucking the the Fox News. I understand. This, it, this you would rather a, an election that New took York place yes. on the planet Mars. I get no. it. You want to go <laughs> to a space station if it makes a good point, and and you're gonna have an election there, and it could be the exact same script, and you would like it more because you're on Mars. Fine. How dare you Fine. make a movie about planet earth and issues that actually affect people this is a fucking movie it doesn't affect anybody it, it's whatever dude dude you're this is this is this is the same version of a debate that we've gotten into for the last why do you care five about this years movie? of friendship you see this every single day why do you want this it's not stuff that you don't know dude Yeah, but it's character driven who though, cares right? dude everything's character driven in movies everything's character driven in movies no i mean i it i get a human element out of this that i don't get from watching cnn oh my that's my God. point 
It's the same thing, dude. It is the exact same thing. It is everything. It's all that stuff you've already seen. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? It's white bread. That is what this is. It's boring as shit. Redford's great in it. He's fine. Redford's awesome. In this <laughs> He's movie. perfectly fine. And you know me. I, I am ready to bash Robert Redford at the drop of a hat. Yeah. If you're making a movie, just like, like you're, you're, it's supposed to be dramatic and fun. It is dramatic. No, it's not. No, it's not. All the stuff with his father, like you understand why he is the way he is. Dude, and, I like, saw this movie yesterday. I barely remember anything about it. There's nothing memorable it's also, about this It's movie. also pretty funny, too. There are some solid laughs. Funny there are solid laughs. They're subtle laughs, but they're good laughs. Whatever. <laughs> subtle laughs. Natalie That's Wood shows what, up. Your that, girl Natalie Wood is in this movie. Yeah. Well, that makes sense only because she's very good friends with Robert Redford. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This is a movie I would show to eighth graders in, in school. Be like, you want to know how politics works? Here's our little educational video. There you go. That's what this, that is what this is. You're wrong. I, this is the first time I'm ever going to be like, Nico, you're, you're wrong about this. You are 100% wrong. You're coming in hot this, is, this should never have been made a movie. <laughs> There's no movie here. I don't know why anyone would want to watch this or subject themselves to this. Who gives a shit? I'm serious. Who gives a flying fuck about this story or these people? You know this. Everybody I have ever known knows this story, and they would watch this and be like, okay, I, I get it. I get this. My parents tell me this all the time. The news tells me this all the time. Every fucking BuzzFeed article tells me this all the time. Fuck you. I'm perfectly calm. Okay. Perfectly calm, dude. Calmer than you are. (laughs) Yeah, by waving a fucking gun around. I'm not kidding you. It's like my third favorite movie of the year. You're an idiot. It's my third favorite this movie is the, of the year. This is the worst thing you've ever... Yeah, give me fucking Chariots of Fire over this. It's a thousand times better. I really liked this movie My a lot. God. I'm actually put off by how much you like this I movie. I liked it a lot. I've never seen... Man, dude, you're such an old man. God damn it. Man. If you're going to tell... Like, if you're going to tell something to make a political point... Again, have fun with it. Like, this is just nothing... It's just nothing. But I don't care if it's you're, whatever. If you're, if you're, you you understand my point perfectly. You're just ignoring it. Yes, I am because like, okay. you're wrong. All right, it's okay. <laughs> Keep close to reality if you want and make a non-movie. Go ahead. I don't care. I'm going to make a movie just filming you all day, and I'm going to see if people find. And it would be a better day. movie than this. Okay. <laughs> There's my ego talking. <laughs> Cabaret. There we go. Directed by Oscar winner Bob Fosse. Starring Liza Minnelli, Michael York, and Joel Gray. Two of those names are also Oscar winners. It won Best Actress at the Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Cinematography. Jesus Christ. Best Art Direction, Best Sound, Best <laughs> Film Editing, and Best Original Score. That makes it the movie that won the most Oscars without winning Best Picture. Cool. Has that record to this very day. Uh, also nominated for Picture and Adapted Screenplay. Uh, AFI calls it uh, the number five musical of all time. It calls Cabaret the number 18 movie song of all time. And it says uh, that it's the 63rd best movie full stop of all time. Okay. A female girly club entertainer in Weimar Republic era Berlin romances two men while the Nazi party rises to power around them. (sighs) Ready to turn some tables. Ugh. Can you keep up with my turning tables? Oh, that's okay. (laughs) 
Uh, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I don't hate it. It's a fine movie. I clearly don't hate it as much as you hate the candidate. Um, yeah, like you want to talk about dated. I just found this movie to be incredibly dated. <laughs> like I respect what it's doing. I think the direction is good enough. Um, I think all that jazz is a superior movie in I every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer that version of Fosse just because it's obviously autobiographical. It's a little more personal. It's a little more visceral. The music is more memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, the set pieces are more memorable too. Yeah, def- I mean, it's more like dreamlike. This is more grounded. I've actually had this argument with like a film professor who actually preferred this one. I was like, really? Like, I, I love this movie, but um, I don't praise it nearly as much as all that jazz. Yeah. All that jazz taps into like, again, like like a, a much more well-rounded view of what like film can accomplish. Right. And this is much, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, closer to the vest. Yeah. And, and I think it works very well, but... Um, I mean, I, I could I could understand why someone would watch it and not find it all that captivating or interesting. I could see people calling this one boring. Yeah, I was a little bored. I was a little bored. I, look, I respect all of the Nazi stuff. I found the historical context to be incredibly compelling. Um, at, you know, at once it makes like this argument that, you know, um, I guess uh, bisexuality, homosexuality, like sort of sexual promiscuity was um you know sort of rose out of nazi germany i don't know how accurate that was but that is an argument that has been made in the past like under this sort of uh oppression you know sort of uh irregular behavior started spouting out but i i read it more as um you know these are people that are expressing sort of rebellion in the face of like an oppressive force like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just like a middle finger to what's happening around us. And we're going to be ourselves and we're going to live our lives and we're going to openly satirize Nazis to their face Isn't that in the, the cabaret. Well, uh, I mean, no, I, I, I don't necessarily think like people became gay because the Nazis oh. invaded Germany. Do you think they're making that argument or the one you just made? I think that argument was made in the past. You think that because of, well, because I would have read it as they're being... Re- they're not like it, them be they're the, flaunting it right yeah like like the the nazis you know coming around and doing their nazi things <laughs> made, made, you mean like killing jews yeah, what do you yeah. mean they're nazi things i don't really remember what they did okay uh, got it <laughs> jesus but um <laughs> neither no. does deshaun jackson apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but what you, what you were saying yes like it it came out as like a fuck you i thought that was what the intention more wasn't than anything right yeah and i i really like that stuff i found the scene where the germans are singing like that white supremacist anthem mm. to be like very haunting um and like I acknowledge that it's a very important movie for its time. It sort of uh, normalized homosexuality and and bisexuality and I, like yeah, I mean all that stuff is cool and I appreciate it in that historical context. Me too. Um, I think for the most part, though, it was kind of an uncompelling romance. I, I really didn't care all that much what happened to these people. I found Liza Minnelli to be sort of an unlikable hero. Uh, yeah, though I've always kind of agree with that too. I think she's very interesting, but I don't necessarily like love spending time with the character. Right. She's she's quite entertaining. Yeah. She's just this this you know person of a person. Right. You know, every time she's in the room, like your eyes are fixed on her. But the movie does an interesting thing where it lets you sit with this otherwise incredibly flawed person, but sort of lets you examine like some of the more admirable qualities of her through um, uh, York. What's that actress name? 
again? Uh, Michael York. Michael York's York. character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of like the audience surrogate through just trying to understand like why she would be the way that she is. Right. But I, I don't think she ever becomes a fully likable person. I'm, I'm not sure that's the, the – I don't think the point is to fully like her though. Okay. Because I think she is so like obviously flawed. And then there's the affair that she has later on. Right. And how that's sort of – turned against her in an interesting way sure uh, <laughs> uh not, we're not gonna it's, spoil it yeah it's but, a very strange love triangle certainly yeah I, I i again i just use this movie as an example to explore those themes you know in an oppressive time where these characters felt like they were obligated to show that part of themselves mm-hmm. and then they go out and they do these things and how that can be a good thing and a bad thing for what we find out mm. you know and sort of there's this weird beauty to the cabaret but also it's very devious and not something that you should really be at but you can't help it given the context of the situation right and uh and it's also like this safe space to like express art like everyone's in there the nazis are in there gay people are in there drag queens are in there mm-hmm. men women also young old are all in that place and it's sort of like this like this artistic garden of eden in the midst of just this horrible evil yeah. country that's developing around yeah. them no i think it's a really like great film and everything and I, I obviously i think it's a good film i love it but you know it's a it's not an easy film to recommend yeah either, i would say yeah strangely so i thought it would be a little more watchable than this no i mean well i it's it's weird like i would say it's more watchable than all that jazz like all that jazz is strange yeah and it really goes for it and it's it's definitely more my kind of movie it's also a more traditional musical though isn't it i suppose well i am not sure i'd call it traditional i mean this is all like diagenic music here it's not there are no characters singing like their motivations yeah but i mean that's not exactly i mean all that jazz when that becomes the thing it's more like like all within a person's head you know? right it, it breaks those boundaries as well in my opinion and the musical numbers are fucking bizarre half yes the time and this is yeah it's definitely not that it's it because i think when i was surprised when i first saw it i was i thought it was going to be a musical right because i was going down my list of the 26 films that are david fincher's favorites and this was one of them really along with all that jazz okay so i came out then you know um uh, um last picture show was on there too i believe okay um but I came to it and I was just like, um, oh, wow. Uh, okay. This is not what I expected at all. I ex- you know, from what I'd read, it was a musical and it's very character driven, you know, and much oddly quieter than that. In fact, the only like outrageous moments we really get are the musical scenes with Liza Minnelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, not quite what I expected. And again, I adjusted to it rather quickly, but, um, yeah, I, I do enjoy the journey of these characters sort of discovering themselves and being honest with one another about who they are. And it's actually kind of nice with the ending how they don't really end up together. They just have a mutual respect for one another. Right. I really like that. Yeah, it is a really interesting relationship for sure. Um, I mean, Liza's really good in the movie. Uh, I almost feel like she she's kind of doing an impression of her mother the entire time. <laughs> Hasn't she always been? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny. People often credit this Oscar as like a Judy Garland makeup call. It's like we never gave, for some godforsaken reason, they never gave Judy Garland an Oscar. So now Liza is sort of accepting it on her behalf. Honestly, I don't, I'm not sure this is her best performance. It's not Liza's best performance? No, I think New York, New York's her best performance. Really? Oh, I need to see New York, New York. I, I don't get it. I, I've seen New York. People I'm, hate that movie. I don't get it. I don't okay. get. It. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe you'd. I, it's just long. You you. Yeah. But you would be put off by how long it is. But and it's a little repetitive with some of the story beats. But I mean, just Liza in that and Robert De Niro is so fucking good in that. Like, really? I don't get. It. I I don't understand the hate. I think that could be Scorsese's most underrated. Okay. Yeah. I need to check that out. Yeah. I mean, she's never as likable as Judy. I think that's that's the thing. Um, but of course, her character is more flawed, and it's a more complicated story than Judy ever tackled. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Um, you know, it's not necessarily a star is born. It's a little darker than that. It's, you know, to her credit though, uh, Judy Garland was never in the Owen, Ohio. So that is a fair point. It's great late period work at Eliza. It doesn't get much better than that. Great back half. (laughs) Great back half of her career. Um, yeah, I love movies that are set in like historical backdrops. I love when, you know, the setting around it is sort of a theme onto itself, but it never calls attention to itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Suspiria. That's a great example. Okay, cool. When when is Suspiria set? It's set during the. Uh, I think the cold. It's set during the Cold War, and a lot of the anxieties surround like it's set in Berlin too, and the Berlin Wall is like right at the Dance Academy. Mm-hmm. It's just always looming. Oh, it's a great film. Yep. Uh, apparently, this was based on the story of Gene Ross, who was a real figure in Nazi Germany. This was a real story that happened, a real sort of love triangle um, with like a gay man, and uh, I think the the other guy was a gigolo. I think. Um, mm. in real life, it wasn't uh, like this eccentric millionaire. That um, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I always kind of read him. I know he's a millionaire, but I always sort of read him as also that kind of person. Yeah, I just felt like the guy that would do that. Sure. So. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the time, it was incredibly controversial. It initially received an X rating, although it was later re-rated uh, during its release. But like, uh. I don't know. There's some profanity, sexual innuendo. Talk of an abortion was a big controversy in 1972. You couldn't even use the word on television. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I acknowledge it as a historically important artifact. Um, And I liked some of the musical numbers. Um, I don't think it deserves a Best Director Oscar. And I certainly don't think that Joel fucking Gray, who's in 10 minutes of this movie (laughs) and doesn't even have a speaking line. Yeah. Deserves Best Supporting Actor over three of the most iconic performances in the history of film. I have something to say about I mean, I don't think Cabaret is dated at all. I mean, when I watch it, it worked perfectly fine to me. What I do agree with is that uh, I didn't realize Bob Fosse had won for this. Yeah. I think I remember it after the fact that I had read that. I was like, oh, shit. Well, because Coppola won for part two. Yeah, exactly. And you always kind of lump them together. Right. But yeah. So you just assume, oh, he must have won for part one then. Yeah. No, the 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 best supporting actor one is weird. I mean, that's got to be just a vote split thing, right? I guess they must have been splitting votes. Here's my thing, though, is that I mean, uh, uh, Al Pacino was nominated too, right? Yes. See, he should have been in the best actor category. Category fraud for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with James Caan and Robert Duvall, though. I think so, it should have gone to somebody else. Those are both better performances than, than this Clay. yes but those I, are both leaps and bounds better my question is what were the other nominees because i don't necessarily th- like i definitely don't think robert duvall should have won james Conn, i could have seen i think robert duvall on it well we'll talk about it now i guess but robert <laughs> duvall in my opinion is the most underrated performance in that entire godfather well, series the, yeah the he is unbelievable yeah. in those movies yes. he's so good and james Conn is like a flashy performance yeah um and you know Pacino. I mean, if he's in the category, you got to vote for him. I know, like yeah. he's not in the right category, but well, I would agree with you. That's the thing, right? Is, yeah, no. he's there. He's on the ballot. It's You're not going to vote for him because he's in the wrong category. It's very strange. Come on, yeah. The 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 the, the thing, yeah. Robert Duvall in the first movie doesn't make the same impression for me as he does in the second movie. Yes, that that that's my. Oh favorite. my god, he's so good in the second. He's much better. In the he's second. so good. Yeah, because he feels like he's more of a supporting, like you know, obviously a supporting role there to kind of. The, the glue that's kind of keeping the family together. That's kind of the point of his yeah. character. But um, but no, what you don't understand if you haven't seen Cabaret, Joel Gray, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's literally an MC throughout the movie. Like he'll introduce musical numbers and the musical numbers intercut the story. 
but he doesn't have any speaking lines. He's just singing and dancing. Yeah. And he kind of looks funny, I guess. Well, I saw the movie and I had known that he won and I, I saw, I was expecting like this awesome performance and then the movie ended. I'm like, what was that guy? Yeah. It's fine for what it is. It's cool. It's like a, I agree with you on this more than anything. Yeah. That's a strange decision. Cool. Uh, let's discuss the Godfather. You win. Godfather is the inductee. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, congratulations to the Godfather. Yep. You've just earned a spot in the Movie Hall of Fame. <laughs> Most obvious choice yet. Yes. Uh, but I wrote let's, like a poem, basically. Let's, let's so talk. I'm going to read it. Okay. okay. I wrote a poem. <laughs> it's not a poem, but it's just a list of thoughts. From a distance, it looks like a poem. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, I, I just thought that it was important that I had all my thoughts organized and that I didn't just like ad lib. So last night I sat in front of my computer and I started typing away everything I have to say about The Godfather. Okay. Okay. The Godfather. It is the greatest ensemble cast ever assembled. When you watch it for the first time, you're shocked that Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, James Caan, Diane Keaton, and John Cazale all made a movie together. Brando gives perhaps the most iconic performance in the history of film and also perhaps the best. It is the greatest screenplay ever written. Everyone knows I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse, but there are at least a dozen other lines that would be the most iconic in any other movie. A man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. In Sicily, women are more dangerous than shotguns. Look how they massacred my boy. You come into my house on the day of my daughter's to be, it's to be married, and you ask me to do murder for money. Don't ever take sides against anyone against the family. Oh, no. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. A man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Made to look ridiculous! Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. I believe in America. You get my point. Any of these lines would be the most iconic in thousands of movies. It is the greatest work of cinematography ever put to film by Gordon Willis, the greatest cinematographer who ever lived. (laughs) Okay. It has the most haunting soundtrack of all time. The main theme sends shivers down your spine. And it's also one of the most recognizable. It created more character archetypes than any other movie. Sonny, the hothead, Fredo, the black sheep, middle child, Michael, the involuntary heir to the throne, Tom Hagen, the consigliere, These are character beats that we now recognize to be a fabric of American storytelling. Mm -hmm. It has the most iconic, it has more iconic scenes than any American film ever. The wedding, the horse's head, Vito getting shot at the bodega, Michael at the restaurant, Sonny's death at the toll booth, the baptism murders, Vito's death in the garden. So many recognizable scenes more than any other movie. It's the greatest movie about family and the greatest movie about the mafia for that very reason. Because it's a mafia movie about family and a family movie about the mafia. I love that go-to. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's about family. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole Fast and Furious franchise oh, built on that concept. Also works for Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, doesn't it? It's true. Uh, greatest film about the immigrant experience ever made mm-hmm. without dwelling on the subject. Sort of an underrated aspect of both movies. I completely agree. It is the most moral film about immoral people ever made. There are lines Don Vito will never cross that his fellow bosses and even law enforcement are willing to. Think about it. Don Vito never gets into the drug trade, but he thinks it's beneath him. He thinks it's killing society. He only engages in quote unquote legitimate business. All this stuff about the code of ethics. 
a Sicilian cannot refuse someone's request the day his daughter is to be married. There's so much like formal rules and regulations and there's so much morality to these very immoral people. And that's why you feel so bad when Don Vito ultimately dies. Mm-hmm. It's the warmest movie ever made. And therefore it's also the coldest thing about this scene. It's my favorite scene in the movie. Sonny dies is shot. Everybody talks about look how they massacred my boy. And that's like the sort of iconic Brando line reading. My favorite scene is when Tom delivers the news to Vito and they're sitting together and they're having a drink and Vito goes, now you've had your drink. Now tell me what's on your mind. He tells him Sonny has died. He breaks down in tears. And this is the most subtle fucking character moment in the history of film. He goes and gives Tom a hug <laughs> like that hug right there. You've never seen that in a mob movie. You've never seen that in a crime movie. It is the most warm, touching moment between two murderers you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. And there's so much warmth that just permeates this whole thing. And that warmth makes the ending that much more of a gut punch. When Michael turns the dark side, the door closes. When he kills Carlo, when he does these horrible, unspeakable things at the end, it's like, and he betrays Kay, essentially. Like, that hurts even more. It's the warmest, <laughs> therefore, it's also the coldest. <laughs> I have more. I know you're laughing, but I have plenty more. It is the most universal story about character, about a character you'd never dream of meeting more likely than not. You've never met someone in the mob, but Vito Corleone feels like he could be your neighbor. You wouldn't be surprised. He wouldn't be out of place. It is the most fleshed out movie ever. Think about how many small details you can remember. The Alfa Romero car in Sicily, Louis restaurant. Listen to this line from Tessio. Quote, it's perfect for us. A small family place. Good food. Good food. Everyone minds his business. Perfect. They got an old-fashioned toilet. You know, the box and the chain thing. We might be able to tape the gun behind it. Like, the amount of detail that's put into describing the location where a scene will take place later. It's stunning. Later, we find out that this restaurant has the best veal in the city. It's just delicious screenwriting. There's so much detail. It's so lived in. It is the greatest spring release of all time. This movie came out in March. Could you imagine The Godfather coming out in March? That'd be pretty awesome. In 2018, 2019, 2020. Could you imagine? (laughs) It is the most robbed best picture winner of all time. One best picture, one best actor, and one best adapted screenplay. Of course, Brando refused best actor, so it only won two Oscars, essentially. But lost supporting actor, costume design, sound, film editing, original score, was not even nominated in the cinematography category. It has the greatest opening scene in all of cinema. Beginning with a wedding sets the perfect tone for what's to come. It has the greatest final shot in all of cinema. Never has a single frame conveyed more character development than the door closing on Michael. Tells you all you need to know in one single frame. It is the easiest film to recommend to someone if they're not Nick Evangelista. Other than that, a 100% guaranteed positive return rate. (laughs) It is the first movie I ever watched. Oh. As an infant in a bassinet with my uncle, my godfather, next to me. (laughs) It is my favorite movie ever made, and it is also the greatest movie (laughs) in the history of motion picture. All right. Not quite the greatest film, in my opinion. But <laughs> hey, guys, that's Nico jerking off. <laughs> Gladly. Gladly. Yeah. 
most I, I gotta go but like like 80 to 90 percent of my sentiments are right spot on for you okay yeah is that fair? What did you disagree? Uh, no, I mean, you know what? I don't want to say this. <laughs> Who cares, dude? Who cares no. if I disagree? Uh, not a 100% uh, approval return rating. That's another big thing. Who, who is? Who bit, have you like recommended this movie to recently, that didn't like it? Oh, no. Recently. Oh, no. Went to the beach. Oh, God. Uh, a couple people. Uh, I was just, just talking casually about movies. Um, and I'm ashamed for what I, to, I didn't respond in an ethical manner. I was very, I was a little disappointed in myself. I got, I got mean. Um, but I, I don't want to name names, but are these people that I know? Uh, one of them is a nudist and his girlfriend. Got it. Oh, it was this trip. Yes. And they spoke ill of the Godfather. They hate it. They thought it was the most, they literally like verbatim. You like bore. Oh, you like boring pieces of shit Adam. And I'm like, I like stopped like like I was amongst like like fifteen people and I stopped everything they were saying. I'm like, you guys are fucking stupid. You fucking. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh, I'm sorry. I like the the best movie ever made. Yeah, kill me, sue me. I don't care. I got really mad. <laughs> hey Adam, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's weird that I like The Godfather. I'm sorry. It's weird that I like a movie where there's almost nothing wrong with it, if anything wrong with it at all. Like, I don't like trust you if you don't like The Godfather. It's weird. Like, 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 I, I, you can, okay, good, good, good. You can say, like, yeah, okay, if it wasn't for me, but it was great. Okay. You can, sure, say, yes, yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. You can say, yeah, no, I like it. It's not my favorite movie, but I like it. Fine. It's not my favorite movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah. It's not a piece of shit. <laughs> it's not even remotely close to a piece of shit. <laughs> it is. It, it's everything you want. I mean, why go to a movie theater if this is not for you? You know what I mean? This is like, a piece why are you watching movies? <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to be like a snob about this. If why this, are you watching movies if this is not for you? Exactly. You don't deserve this medium. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, the great thing about film is that it, it rewards a variety of taste, and there are all different types of genres for specific demographics and ages and sex and whatever. Like, I get it. Like, that is the beauty of this medium. But if you don't like The Godfather, you're not going to like anything. Or if you, whatever you do like is invalid at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it invalidates your taste. <laughs> no, it really does. In art. It really does if you don't like this movie. No, this is the thing. If, like, you were to come to me and say, yeah, I do not like The Godfather, I don't, I, I question your, the entire validity of all of your opinions. Yes. It is a strange. No, I question who you are as a person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I question your humanity. It's like, I don't want to listen to you. It's like, if this is a piece of shit, then I'm a Malmouth Tharapart. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. But, like, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not, it's not, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it like the, I'm not sure I would go Gordon Willis, best cinematographer of all time. Although that's a great answer. Okay. Again, like a lot of things you're saying, like I, I, I might like dissent a little bit, but I don't think it's a bad like thing to say. Is there a, a horrendous hot take in that list? Not really. Is there a hot take? I don't think there is one. No, no. That, and that's my point. It's like, like the worst you can say about the thing. Well, it's, it's not, it's great, but it's not as good as this, but it's still great. Sure. <laughs> and yes, like, like even if you want to say part two is better. Like, I'll hear that argument. I disagree with that argument, but I'll hear it. The cinematography is better in part two. Okay. That's what I would, yeah, I, I would definitely right. say that. Fine. Um, um, and yeah, I, 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 I'm not like, um, uh, I, like I said before, before we actually got to it, I think uh, Robert Duvall is much better in the second one. Not to say, again, not to say he's bad in this one at all. Yeah, I just sure. think he leaves okay. a better impression in that second movie. Fine. And the I mean, best, so does Kazale. Yeah. And the best performance in, in the history of cinema is in that second movie with, uh, with the, Michael Al, yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah, 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 ye
Yeah, man, it's the Godfather. <laughs> what do you want me to say about the Godfather? I, we always come to these movies. It's Jaws. It's 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 the Godfather. You'll eventually, I guess, we'll do Citizen Kane. You know, right? Uh, like, yeah, but Citizen Kane is not in that category. I mean, although it is not as icon. Well, Citizen Kane, I I I think it is not crazy to call it the greatest movie ever made, and the most. And I think it is. Uh, there is not even a debate. It is the most important movie ever made. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it has the sort of universal approval rating. No, that's what I mean. That's the, oh, I run into it's like when Ronald Reagan won 49 <laughs> out of 50 electoral states in, in, uh, in 1984, you know, he only lost Minnesota. Yeah. It's like, this is, it's that and it's jaws and it's like Indiana Jones. Like those are the only movies that have that Goodfellas, I guess just universally. If you speak ill of it, you are demented. You know what I mean? Like you, something is, it, it is, it reflects on you not liking it. It does not reflect on the movie. No, exact. Yes, precisely. You know, I the, these same people, uh, hated apocalypse now too, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. Next time. Next See, time. Okay. I here's the, Why are you watching Francis Ford Coppola movies? You know what I mean? Why are you? T- then don't watch them. You should have enough self-awareness to know if you're, if you're sitting down, Hey, honey, we're going to flip on Apocalypse double feature tonight. <laughs> it's a Coppola double feature. Why is there like my sister, for example, I guarantee you would hate the Godfather. If she watched it, she doesn't know who Francis Ford Coppola is. So why are you trying? You know what I'm saying? Well, again, like, like certain people just are also, uh, but by the way, I mean, I get it to a certain extent with Apocalypse. I've actually run into a few people who don't like Apocalypse now. Okay. It's sort of a weird, like surreal story. It's an ambitious movie. It's, yeah, yeah. Very ambitious and very long. And it's not always pleasant to watch. Fine. Fine. Uh, like I don't, you have no, I, you don't get any passes for me with the Godfather. <laughs> you, sure. You get no, you have no respect. <laughs> I just it's, think if you don't like the Godfather movies, ain't your thing. Movies way, aren't yeah. for you. No, no, it's like, and that's a great point. It's like if you don't like this movie, why are you even watching movies? I, 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 I maybe there are people out there who dissent because it's like it's not the greatest movie ever made because it's been overhyped. Yes. Okay. I, I understand that. <sighs> two in two movie was never overhyped to me. I don't know. This movie never fell short of any expectation no. I set for it. To their credit, I will say this, Nico. Of course, it's your favorite movie. It's the most <laughs> obvious thing in the world. Like, you, of course, you would pick this as your yeah, favorite. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I try not to be an obvious like you are, though. <laughs> what's your fa- What's your favorite Fincher film? Well, Social Network's my favorite Fincher film. What's your yeah. favorite Denis film? Uh, Sicario is my favorite Denis film. What's yeah. your favorite uh, Martin Scorsese film? Goodfellas is my favorite Martin Scorsese film. Well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> It's like terms of endearment. What do you want me to say? <laughs> what answer will satisfy you? I mean, I don't know. It's like, all right. It's the most like his favorite Coen Brothers film. It's Fargo. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's not bad. Not bad answers. What, okay. Okay. I'm a follower. I get it. Okay. Let, let me. Let, what? This, okay. What? Th- this will like cement it for me perfectly. What's your favorite Edgar Wright film? Oh, that's a great question. Because for you, I think it's either Shaun of the Dead or Baby Driver. But that's the fact that I... Shaun of the Dead by a hair. Okay. Shaun okay. of the Dead by a hair. Yeah. All right. You can have that one. Because <laughs> if you said baby driver... Oh, that's a hipster answer? I would be like... That counts what? as a hipster answer? <laughs> Close enough. No, I, look, I <laughs> I am envious of people when I see like their top 10 list of all time and they got some like wild choices on there. Oh. My. I am envious that they can be that creative. I wish I was that creative. Yes. 
but I don't know how a human being can watch the Godfather and not put that at the top of their list. Even if it's not at the number one spot, how this is not in anyone's top, how it's not in everyone's top five. I just can't comprehend it. Well, I would love to be unique with my answer, but I just can't in good conscience. You'll never have a Ferris Bueller's day off, which is one of the greatest favorite movie takes I've ever seen. Sure. Yeah. It's my, uh, yeah, even that, but that one is like, no, that, that, that's a strange one. Like my favorite movie of I all guess. time, Ferris Bueller's day off. Okay. I guess. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it just depends on how you view movies, too. There's a point where it's like, I don't even bother comparing them. Right. They, they get to such a high degree of quality from, from my mind sure. that I stop even bothering. Like, yeah, you can't really rank a top 10. You don't, we don't quantify art that way. It's not, it's not worth well, it. Well, we do. And it's not fair. That's what well, we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more obvious here, okay? Uh, but like that's part of the reason why I, I, I looked at my like stars lists on, on my letterbox and I stopped doing it. I'm like... Oh, right, right, right. Nice. It's at a certain point... And make unless it's like uh, blatantly obvious, like yes, of course it's like a five star movie or something like that. But if I were to like compile my list of favorites, there are many, 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 many on that list where it's like, uh, yeah, I have less than zero interest in debating Godfather versus Seven Samurai. Sure. I could not care less. Right, right, right. It's, right. Like, it's a pointless fucking debate. Right. Just put them in the pantheon. Yes. It's like at a certain point, you're either in the Hall of Fame or you're not. Yes, yes. You precisely. know what I mean? And, and the tears in the Hall of Fame are irrelevant. And that's part of the reason why the Blade Runner debate bothered me so much. It's like, why are we talking about whether or not one should get in over the other? They're, sure. They're, these films absolutely have a place in the movie hall of fame. Right. And if you even bother debating it, it's stupid. It right, doesn't right, make right, right, any right. sense to me whatsoever. Right. Exactly. So yes, it's like, dude, what do you want? It's the Godfather. Yeah. I know I just said that, but it's the Godfather. Yeah. It's, it's like, what do you, I want to go down the list. It's like, okay, yeah, everything's perfect. It's enough said <laughs> most of the convert. Those are the interesting conversations you can have about this film at this point. I would say just are about the people who have questionable opinions on it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Which I feel like I'm in like sort of an Orwellian future where, you know, like you must comply with my opinion <laughs> or else you're, you're stoned to death. I think I think it is fascinating, though, that I have met a few people that don't really care for The Godfather. Mm-hmm. It is weird. I understand. I prefer not to meet them. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I prefer not to meet the Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. The most- I, I'm sure I might know somebody in the Aryan Brotherhood, but I would rather never meet them. <laughs> I don't need to hear them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a certain opinion you don't need to give its due. It's so rare. It's so, so very, very rare for me that I get mad at someone for their opinion. If, if they don't like a movie, that's cool. Sure. But, like, The Godfather's unacceptable. I had a similar reaction to someone who hated Drive. I get why, but, like, their reasons were fucking stupid. Yeah. It's no, like, you're allowed to not like Drive. Yeah, and no, I know. Yeah, it, it, yeah. But it's like you don't give the reason, oh, he sh- it shouldn't have been made because Ryan Gosling's not a sex symbol in that. That's when I get a little mad. Um, <laughs> and I have gotten mad at someone for saying Alien was trash. And I'm like, okay, you, you're not allowed to say that in front of me. I, you know, it was on TV the other day. I, I flipped a- it on. Alien? Yeah, that movie has not aged a day. Rocks. Oh, my God. Uh, one of the things I admire it's not aged a day. It, no, it's like you look at like the way that movie just looks and feels. It's just like it feels like it could have been made today. It's wonderful. And there are so many like eighties movies that have, and I like. Well, you know what the if you if you flipped the decades, I mean, not just in terms of like quality, how good or bad the movies are, but like the eighties, it feels like it was in another universe. It feels like it was centuries ago. But the movies from the seventies, despite some grainy pictures and some, you know piss poor sound quality like those could have come out five years ago and they hold up yeah you know well i look at the the problem with where while some of the 80s films didn't age so well though is because they 
tapped into, you know, what they could do with technology. And this is the issue is like, if your movies are so enamored by, Oh my God, look at this cool technology we have and you're going to overuse it. And they overuse mats and they overuse some shitty green screen effects. And the, the cinematography was always very flat for some reason, had Mm -hmm. to show the action. And they forget the fact that nowadays, like, yeah, the technology is drastically better sure and the action a lot of the time is also a lot better because they knew how to cut around this stuff. right so that is the type of stuff that ages poorly the stuff that yeah you know is going to advance you know over the last 40 years mm-hmm. um yeah you're right like good acting doesn't really become outdated <laughs> does it no i mean th- th- that's true like the the, the field right. of acting has not evolved that much over the last 30 years no and there's just different forms of acting too. Like right. some now, some people aren't as keen to that. Some people get like are just put off if their acting isn't the same as Manchester by the Sea. I don't know. Sure. If, but like like I look at movies from the '50s and I just watch them differently. Mm. You know, and I think they're made so that you can watch them differently enough. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Mm. I have some business though to attend to. What? Two weeks ago in podcast time. We're recording these out of order. I apologize. I don't know what's happened in the world. Uh, did I do something bad? Yes. Well, you didn't do anything bad. <laughs> but I did something bad, and you reaped the benefits. We played a game called Cinephile. Oh. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, you will hear next week us play the full game of Cinephile. Because, again, it's out of order. We, fil- we, we taped all these out of order. Um... <laughs> Controversial final round. I was up two nothing on you in a best of five series. I blow it. I blow a two nothing lead, and uh, it was a controversial round about the films of Sam Jackson. We went back and forth listing Sam Jackson films. Finally, the two of us were just like, "Fuck it, let's guess some random Spike <laughs> Lee movies that we've never seen and hope he's in it." I guess School Days. I looked on IMDb. I did not see Sam Jackson's name. Sam Jackson not in School Days. You said uh, Jungle Fever. I looked on IMDb. I saw Sam Jackson. He's in Jungle Fever. Adam wins. Uh, turns out Sam Jackson in school days after all. Mm-hmm. And so I propose that we settle this now with a sudden death tiebreaker. Really? Yes. Well, here's the thing. I would have said jungle fever. Would you have guessed another Sam Jackson film? Yeah. Yeah. I would have guessed. Really? Uh, yeah. But I don't know what I would have come up with, <laughs> but I would have guessed. <laughs> so I'm going to the deck. All right. All sudden right. death. Let's settle this. All right. Here. Pick a good one. Like you want a, me to pick it? Well, 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 I'll pick it. I'll pick it. Don't okay. worry. I can do this. I, I'm, a, I'm a man. No. Okay. <laughs> Not doing Nicole Kidman. Oh, we just we, did it. We had it? that same oh, wait, issue. wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me grab. I want someone new. I want someone new, but also good where we can like have a volley. Oh, you know how much I love this card. We need a volley. What is that? Holly Hunter. <sighs> Broadcast news. Yeah, I do. But like. I love that card. Not enough. There you go. Okay, someone, someone to volley. We want a volley. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, Melanie Griffith. Let's. Nope, nope. There you go. There's this next card, Lawrence Fishburne. We already did it. D- Damn it! Are we getting repeats already? <laughs> I think so. There's so many cards here. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Where is Tom Hardy? He's got to be in there. Where the? Why f- do you want to look at Tom Hardy so bad? <laughs> Why wouldn't I want to look at Tom Hardy? Oh. Oh look, Tom Hardy. No, I'm just kidding. It's Anne Hathaway. What's the card? Rachel getting married. Oh, Demi! Never seen it. Oh, wow. I'll do Hathaway. Mm. Want to do it? I mean, I, we can't go on with this all day here, man. You can't wait for the perfect card. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I just like the Jim Carrey cards where you can go forever, you know? Just pick, pick one that's, like, awesome. 
because we won't go that long. Okay. Ooh, here we go. This is now. This is good. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And the movie is The Master. Okay. Uh, after you. 25th Hour. Uh, Boogie Nights. <laughs> uh, Capote. The Big Lebowski. Mm. Uh, uh, okay, I'm trying to get little here. I'm trying to get little here. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Twister. Charlie Wilson's War. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, boy. Philip, Philip, uh, Moneyball. Um, let's go. Can I, can I say the Hunger Games is Mockingjay or one, one of the above? Sure. Okay. And that's, yeah. Okay. Or Catching Fire, whichever. Yeah. It was uh, not the first one. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Mission Impossible 3. Correct. Uh, let's go with um, um, oh, Almost Famous. Oh, he isn't Almost Famous. Holy shit. Hmm? Uh, Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> so good in that yeah. movie. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut, 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 shut up. <laughs> uh... Okay, I have a couple in my back pocket that I want to see yeah, that I that I know you're not going to get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the more obvious ones now. Oh no! Although because I I have a couple there that I know you're not going to get. Yeah. Oh, you cheater! I'm not cheating. <laughs> I just know because I. Yeah, you're not going to get a couple of these. Um. Hmm. What other obvious ones can we do? All right, let's just say A Most Wanted Man. I think that was his last movie. Most Wanted Man? Yeah, Most Wanted Man. Magnolia? Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. You wouldn't have got that, right? I don't think you would have. I might have. Okay. I might have. Happiness. Oh, my God, that movie. (laughs) But Todd Salons. Oh, that movie. Um, oh, I don't want to have to burn one of my. How many do you have? Trump cards here. How many Trump cards do you have? I don't. Like- I've got one that I know you're never going to get in a million years. Okay. I'm just going through everything else, like 90s. I'm going through all the... Just pe- out of curiosity, what is that one that I'm never going to get started with? What the, what's the letter? S. Okay. S. I don't think that's a hint. You're not going to get it. Okay. Um. PSH. 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 Hmm. All right, I gotta, I gotta burn it. Scent of a woman. Is that the one? Yeah. He's got like a five minute role on that. He's like a shithead kid at the oh, beginning. That's right. That's right. That's remember right. Remember that? Yeah, I do. The hoorah that. scene in the courtroom. <laughs> oh, 
movies of Philip Seymour Hoffman just playing a skis ball. A he, lot of them. A lot of them, yeah. Are there any other ones? Because I got one more. I just want to think of one, and if I can't think of that, then I got one that I don't think you've seen. Hmm. Man, I, f- I feel like he should have been in more Linklater films. I can't think of any. Yeah, I'm going by director because he worked with like a lot of pretty high-profile directors. Yeah. At least I thought he did. Oh, did boy. he work with Cameron Crowe again? I don't know. He was famous. I don't think so. We we All the PTA movies we've exhausted, right? He's not in Heart 8. No. Mm. Boy. I mean, I got one. All right, go ahead. Synecdoche, New York. Okay. As I said it, I just realized he is in Heart 8. He is? <laughs> He's got one scene in Heart 8. Oh, He's at the craps table. Heart 8, baby. Oh, no. Yes! I said it out loud. I'm like, no, he's not in that movie. Yes, he is. Shit. <laughs> uh, Sam Jackson also in Heart Eight. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> For those keeping score at that, home, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> oh boy. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Philip. Philip, my boy. <laughs> Oh, uh, boy, oh, uh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Hmm. There's got to be obvious ones we're missing. Yeah, There's got to be. I, damn it. Uh, There's going to be some we're going to be kicking ourselves yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Because we've said quite a bit, but I still feel like we're missing a few. Yeah, we have. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to be kicking myself after this. Are you waving the white flag? Ugh, God, I'm going to be so pissed if I do that, though. Ugh. Before I before I do, I just want to go by directors one more time. So, mm-hmm. Coen Brothers. Mm, I don't. I don't believe so. Uh, uh, boy, no Scorsese. Never worked with Scorsese, huh? I don't think so. Yeah, I guess not. Right. Uh, um, Spielberg. I doubt it. I have like one idea for a Spielberg movie that he could have been in, but I don't know. Oh man. Oh man. I don't know. I'm just going to guess he was in always. <laughs> always. I don't fucking know. <laughs> It'd be an unbelievable guess. If you pulled that out your ass, yeah, let's see. <laughs> look it up. See, I don't fucking, I can't, I'll look right now. Let me yeah, see here. I got like no reception over here. Always. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like something he might have been in. Why would you think that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, always. Let's see. Yeah, because I who think directed Always Spielberg. Yeah, because I think I got him out. There is no Always. He's not in Always. <laughs> Good guess, though, I guess. He's not in Always? No, he's not. Okay. Uh, so I got to name one for the win? I, well, you don't have to. Doubt. Doubt. Oh, yeah. He's doubt, doubt, baby. Yeah. All right. All right. I think I settled that tie. Cool. Congrats to me. <laughs> <laughs> Take that card. The Ides of March, you could have said. I've never seen the Ides of March. Not bad. Um, 
Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's one I should have got because I really like that movie. Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Uh, Patch Adams? No, i never seen it. No? No. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, eh, you know, we got we got a fair amount of them, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness is <laughs> so fucked. <laughs> I've never actually seen the movie. I just hear it. I mean, everything Todd Salons does is apparently horrible in a good way. Yeah, he only made 65 movies, so I oh. think we did pretty good there. Okay. Yeah, the the big one I would say is is um is Talented Mr. Ripley, I think. All right. But there we go. Okay. Good. Glad that's settled. What do you want to do next week or three weeks from now or whenever the hell we're recording? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Let's do like an old one because we have time. Okay. You is know? there anything in the 60s that we should do? Sure. Pick one. Uh, I don't know. When did uh, um, on the movie... Um Christ. Just pick one. Pick a year. Hmm. Well, my phone. And I, we'll go with I, it. I can't. Uh, 62? I thought we might have done 62 already. <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. Did we do 1962? Yes. That was the Dr. No Lolita oh. Lawrence of Arabia year. 65? That seems like a good year. Sure. Did we do 65? It's a multiple of five. Um... No. We didn't. No. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not a great list, but okay. Well, I can't pull it up. Here. Here. Why oh. can't I pull it up? This is weird. Take my take my iPad here. Shit. All right. Nineteen sixty five movies. It's a bad list, he says. Yeah, it's kind of a bad list. Well, the first thing on Google is the Beatles' help. I don't mind that. Oh boy, uh, well. I guess I'll go first. I'll, I'll say I'll say Cat Baloo. I'll say Cat Baloo. Uh, and I'll go Repulsion. Oh, word. Okay. Um, <sighs> I hate the sound of music so much. Mm. But I'll 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 nominate it. Okay. All right. We don't have to do six. No, I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, let, let's make this a weird one. Okay. Uh, I am going to uh, do something crazy. Oh, no. What does that mean? I'm going to say Pierre Le Fou, which is Weekend by Godard. Oh, okay. All right. Is that uh, okay? Sure. <laughs> have you seen it? Nope. Okay. Hmm. What else do you got for me? <laughs> uh, for a few dollars more. Yeah, I guess. Have you never uh, seen it? I, no, of course I have. But okay. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. But like, it's the like third most iconic in the series, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the pawnbroker came out that year. It did. Yeah. No way. You want to do that? Yes, I do. All right, I will nominate the pawnbroker. Where's then. the pawnbroker? How's it not on here? I see it on the National Film Registry. It's in there. 1965? Yeah. That's it? Okay. This is a cool list that we just, you know... Oh, wait. Now I'm seeing 64 on yeah. IMDb, so I don't know which is which. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, when did it... Well, do your thing. When did it get released? Uh, it was released in the United States, 1965. All right. That is a 65 movie. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So what do we have? <laughs> uh, uh, we have Repulsion... We have Sound of Music. 
We have Weekend by Le- Truffaut, Pawnbroker. I thought you said Godard. Oh, it is Godard. It is. I confuse them all the time. Yeah, even though they're very different. Yeah. Uh, okay. Capolo. Capolo, and that we only need to do five to make it easy on ourselves. I need to rewatch a bunch of these. No, Doctor Shivago. No. Yeah, I'm not in the mood. No, I don't have the strike. I've never seen it, but it's like four hours. What? No, 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 no. Nah. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have the patience. I know it's probably blasphemy to not nominate Doctor Shivago, but. No, I'm cool with that. Okay. So what's the list? It's Repulsion. Okay. It's the Pawnbroker. Mm-hmm. It's Cat Baloo. It's the Sound of Music. And it's Weekend. Okay. All right. I'm cool with it. I know how this is going to go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Especially with Weekend because it's like super polarizing. Okay. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah, okay. that's a good list. Okay. That's fun. We have time. I can watch a movie a week, basically, and we can. Yeah, we're not we're not taping for another three weeks from now. So, are we doing Wise Thing Sunday? No, no, I'll be on a flight. Okay, that's why we banked them. That's what I thought. Yeah, so I, we have a nice um, we have a nice array of podcasts still to drop that we've recorded already. Sweet, and uh, yeah, enjoy those. Yeah, enjoy those. Next week we will be playing Cinephile for an entire hour. I don't know how entertaining it was. <laughs> about as entertaining as what you just heard us do with yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> That's okay. But it killed an hour and it was fun for us. So yes. I did very well on that one. Yes. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it did uh until then that's it i love you mm-hmm. so very very much and uh, adam hall i hope you have a quote ready i do until next time you once were a vegan but now you will be gone <laughs> <laughs>